This is Review and Preview on WCWPSports.org. Good evening and welcome to Review and Preview. I'm your host, Tom Scavetta. Join alongside Kyle Russo, Mike Dawes. Guys, excellent job hosting the show last week in my absence. Very well done. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) On that note, it is our first show in October. We are back on Facebook Live. You can call in at 516-299-2030 with your questions, thoughts, comments. Take part in our live show. The three of us are here. Also, we are on Instagram at Review and Preview. We are podcasting as well. So just type in Review and Preview on the podcast app if you own a smartphone device. And if you do not, you can look up online on Google, Apple Pinecast, slash iTunes. And let's get straight to the news here on WCWPSports.org or MyWCWP.org. LIU Post is the place where we broadcast the show, Right. We broadcast the show here in Studio 4 on the LIU Post campus at WCWP. And breaking news, as of 11 a.m. Wednesday morning, LIU announces its unification into one Division One program. And if you see on Facebook Live, I'm wearing my LIU apparel. I am a former student of the university. I am an alumni. And basically... Going D1 will officially take effect as of fall 2019. Seven men's programs being elevated to the Division I level, as well as a few women's programs as well. The move to the Northeast Conference, you know, teams like football, men's lacrosse, cross country. Um, So basically, the LIU Post Campus is combining with the LIU Brooklyn Campus into one. So the campus will no longer be called LIU Post Pioneers. There will be a new mascot name. And it's just going to be called Long Island University mascot name, which will be voted upon by the students and the alumni. Um, Look, this is definitely a tough time to be a pioneer. And, you know, obviously I have my opinion on the situation, um, as it may be good for some teams like the football team. I feel absolutely terrible for all of the athletes on this campus who are destroyed right now. Um... This is not an ideal situation. Um, you know, I speak on behalf of all the athletes, and I think it's, it's, it, it stinks. It really does. I feel bad for them. The heart and soul that they put into their sport, now the majority of these athletes will either be forced to transfer or stop playing the sport that they love. Are you kidding me? It's Tom, it's terrible. You know, just like you said, the fact that they're being – I mean, no for go warning on this on this whole thing becoming a D one team, and you know, you hear the news. I remember you, you told me before the show even started. You said uh, post went D one, right? And then you and then you put on all this other stuff saying, oh yeah, the football team it benefits. It basically it's the only team that benefits out of all in, this thing. In my in my opinion, yeah. yeah. And you know, having the basketball team, you know, having guys who now have to obviously it's it's a competitive sport. But now they're forced to compete yeah. with other guys that uh, mm-hmm. they're probably not going to have the best opportunity to even make the team. And if they do, it'll probably be a bench roll, probably not a starter. Yeah. Um, so it's terrible. I think 90% of these athletes might be gone after this year. Look, in 10, 20 years from now, this may be an okay thing for the university. I understand 
uh, the administration's view in trying to, you know, make this a more prestigious campus in terms of athletics and in terms of academics as well. But you're going to have to make massive upgrades to the stadiums. You're going to be spending a lot of money and, you know, talk about post-Pride and pioneer unity. Once a pioneer, always a pioneer. And, you know, right now uh, that's kind of a little... It's 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 just a shame. It's you terrible know? to be a part and of. And not to mention moment. the colors are changing. Yeah. To blue and gold, which look, I'm a green and gold person for life. You yeah. know, post pride, pioneer unity. Once a pioneer, always a pioneer. By the way, this show tonight is dedicated to all the athletes of LIU Post. We appreciate you and everything that you guys do, not just on the field, but off the field as well. And you know, it's a shame that it went down this way. But look. Um, D1, fall 2019. Um, That's great. Yeah. So, I mean, it's great for some instances, but... Terrible for others. Ter- terrible for other teams. Um, this is tough, man. You know, I, you know what? It hurts probably it's a, double a lot. Sword. You know, I can't, I can't necessarily... I'm not in your shoes. Obviously, Tom, you, you've been a part of this campus for I don't even know how many years now. I mean, it's been a part of your life. Over it's five been a, years. Been a part of your livelihood. You've called games before. for this team. Yeah. Been a part of these, talked to some of these athletes. Yeah. Had classes with some of these athletes. Been a part of them. I mean, it's, and and it just all goes away. It's, it's, it, it's very heartbreaking. Yeah, it I, goes I, will, away. I will say it that way. I don't necessarily think it goes away. Because, remember, the campus rebranded from CW Post to LIU back in 2012. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people still refer to this as CW Post Campus, Long Island University, CW Post Campus. Yeah. The legacy for that I don't think will ever be lost, but, you know, it's definitely something that you think and wonder, like, why why, why was the campus rebranded to LIU? Personally, I like CW. I think that's a cooler name, C, CW Post. Yeah. Um. I think they're still going to call it Post Campus. Yeah. Um, and Post definitely has the most students, I'm pretty sure. So I'm not sure what main campus will be. But this will definitely be interesting moving forward, um, not just athletically, but from an academic standpoint, st- standpoint from a residential standpoint. Yeah. Um, but LIU Post, I love this place. I, I am not where I am today without LIU Post. Now, for you two guys, it may be a little different because neither of you attended the university. But, Kyle, you interned here. You know what the university is like a little bit in terms of a radio standpoint, in terms of what we do in the broadcasting field. And, yeah, um, Mike, for you as well, your good buddy Chris goes here. He is a student of the university. Um, And he's actually on his way to support the football team. He's calling the game tomorrow afternoon against Shippensburg. So, you know, that's going to be very interesting. but yeah, but you know, listen. When I mean, when a change like this, so this, I, I think it hurts the most. I mean, not necessarily. I mean, I don't know, but just my opinion, how I feel here in this whole situation, it probably hurts a lot of people who are still heavily involved in the campus. Like right. you, for instance, Tom. You know, you just graduated what two years ago, a year ago. Yeah. I mean, this is practically. It's. I mean, for you, it'll always be LIU Post. Oh I yeah, mean, that, absolutely. Even thirty years down the yeah. line, this place is still being called LIU Post. I yeah. don't care what the name of the school yeah. is. I, that's probably I, what, I really could care less what the new name of the school is. And that's probably what hurts the most because it feels like it's changing a part of your life. I mean, I, it's just it's, – it's a big change too. LIU Post is my home. Yeah. That's where I went to school for four years. Yeah. 
and, and especially as a member. Class of 2017, forever. As a member of this radio station covering the pioneers, the, the true pioneers for the past, oh, I'm going to say five years because you covered some games last year too. I mean, it's it, it's got to hurt because they – yeah. Because, I mean, this everything, all this changes. This was part of your life. I mean, some kids, it might not affect people, uh, students in general. Obviously, it's going to affect some of them, but maybe not as heavily because you, Tom, personally, you were involved with these teams, heavily yeah. involved, and yep. that's probably what hurts the most. Yeah, I'm very close with some of the athletes here on this campus, and, you know, this will forever be a part of my life from CW Post to LIU Post to now LIU. Uh, whatever the new team name is, it's going to be weird next year because, you know, I actually am getting my master's at one of the schools in the same conference as LIU Post. I'm getting my master's at Sacred Heart, so to which is also happens to be the pioneer. So, you yeah. know, my, my friends kind of make fun of me sometimes. Once a pioneer, always a pioneer. Yeah, you're a pioneer for a different school, but no. Yeah. I'll always be a pioneer for LIU Post. This yeah. is my home. This is where I started my journey. Yeah, like I said, I'm I'm nowhere right now. If not for LIU Post, people see LIU Post on a resume, and they're like, "Oh, that's cool. You went to that school." Yeah, you know, especially for the field that I'm going into. Yeah, I mean, you know, you're working. The producer of NBC Sunday Night Football went to LIU Post. Yeah, it's huge. And Taz, Taz, the ring announcer for ECW WWE, went to LIU Post. Taz? Yeah. Wow, listen to his radio show all the time. Mike, is that a fun fact for you? That, I had a lot of fun. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I love Taz. The, the submission machine. I had a lot of fun. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, Terry Bradshaw, Mike Franche- uh, Francesca were here recently. So yeah. to, all, to all the LIU Post athletes out there that may be listening to the show right now, everything will be okay. We are with you in this. We support everything that you do, and we thank you very much. And let's ride out this last year known as the LIU Post Pioneers, and let's continue. Let's find a positive out of this. This is a new beginning for you guys, right? And this is something that you'll always remember. LIU Post is not going away. It's just changing a little bit. And for all of you athletes out there, thank you for everything. Um, As a member of the class of 2017, this place is my heart. All right. Moving on. I'm getting a little emotional over here. Yeah. You know, it, it's definitely a touchy subject, but we had to bring it up, being yep. that we do broadcast the show here. Yep. <laughs> my foam finger in the background. <laughs> it's awkwardly standing over my head on Facebook Live, if you're watching. Um, back to review and preview now. Um, the Mets, after a 11-1 and start, to the season, they finish the season with a final record of 77-85. and 85. And this will be the last time that we bring this up all year, Mike and Kyle, as you both have smirks on your face right now. The Mets finished 66-84 and 84 following their 11-1 start. They finished 13 games back of the first place Atlanta Braves. You know, that, that record, it's getting better and better. Well, it got better and better. It, it got better and better. Yeah. Yeah. So well, that was the thing with the Mets that we were talking about last week, though. Is, I mean, they, <laughs> they 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 play like September is the beginning of the season and not the end. You guys did a good job last week. Oh, I appreciate thanks. that, Tom. You, appreciate man. that. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, you know, I'm reading here on the script right now, five and twenty-one in June. Reason why they yeah, were not in the that. playoffs. Reason I mean, why they're not in the playoffs. That's the lone reason why. Five and twenty-one. If you win half those games, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, you win half those games. You 
Yeah, you might have even pushed Atlanta out. You might have won the division. I mean, and that, and if not the division, you would have won the wild card. Well, here, yeah. here's the thing, too. Like, yeah, everybody gets hurt every year, but that's not an excuse. They couldn't score runs for Jacob DeGrom, who was the best pitcher in baseball, hands down, this season. Yeah. Hands down. Yeah. And you can't give him any run support. Um, now there's talks of a new GM. Yeah, like, look, if you look at the Mets, yes, it was a very emotional season for the team. Yeah, you started 11-1. and The worst thing that could have happened to the ball club. Then Sandy Alderson um, takes a, a leave. He's probably not coming back as the GM. He, his days are done in New York. Uh, David Wright retires his last game. Um, and now you have all these questions about Yoannis Cespedes, Jay Bruce, yeah. even Jacob DeGrom. You got rid of the Matt Harvey distraction, which was the best thing that could have happened for the team because it really derailed them to begin the month of May, and then they kind of got things back on track. Uh, Todd Frazier, normally a durable guy. He landed the DL twice this season. So, you know, that's something you got to think of uh, for next season. But um, on a positive note here, the Mets won seven out of their last 10, they finish the month of September 18-9. and nine. That's how you got to play throughout the season. Yes. Two one nothing wins on Saturday and Sunday to close it out against the Fish. The Fish. The Marlins, yes, the yes. Fish. The fish. Um, <laughs> I was at the Saturday game. The worst baseball game I've ever watched, but I, 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 right there. Oh, let's talk about that. that. that was, let's talk about let's, that. Oh let's kind of, Mike just used that as a segue into our next topic. So David Wright returns for one final game starting... Saturday at third base on the left side of that infield with Jose Reyes. Very emotional game. Reyes led off. David Wright hit third. Wright went 0 for 1 with a walk. But the standing ovation, a great way to end a great career. David Wright was the captain of this ball club for five, six years, 2013 to 2018. And just to show you how long David Wright has been loyal to this ball club, his first game was July 21st, 2004. Wow. Against the Montreal Expos. They weren't even known as the Washington Nationals yet. Mike, talk about your experience at that game Saturday. It was just, there was like a, first off, for this team being this bad, there wasn't a single empty seat. There was just a buzz around this game. It was all about David Wright. And, you know, like when, when he came out, it was a standing ovation. They played like the emotional slow, like uh, slow motion music you hear in like uh, baseball movies. It was... It was just surreal. It was great to see the captain one more time. It was just awesome. Now, Kyle, as a Yankee fan, you you, you got a little emotional last week during the David Wright segment. Yeah, I did. Because, listen, I'm not – I've said it many times on this show. I'm a Yankee fan at heart. But I'm, not, I'm never going to root against the Mets unless they're playing the Yankees. Right. I, as a New Yorker, that's how I view it. Mm-hmm. David Wright will always remain a Mets legend and a New York legend. And that's bottom line in my opinion. And it's, and I know we're talking all serious here, but I mean, I was watching. I watched that game from start to end. The Mets almost found a way to ruin David Wright night. I mean, one uh, zero to the Marlins. Well, the Mets. I mean, come on, the man. Mets had runners on almost every single every inning, single, and they just couldn't. They do couldn't anything. do anything. Yeah, it's just. It was really. It was. It was honestly one of the worst baseball games win, I've ever watched in my life. Oh, and no, another thing great. with Callaway too. I mean, one at bat. I mean, he could. He couldn't play another. Well, well, he said before, I don't think he physically could have played, like, seven innings in the field. And he got two at-bats, but, like, the one at, like, actual recorded yeah. at-bat. Yeah, and it was such a oh, tough way to base. end it. Yeah, yeah, he uh, grinded yeah. out a walk in the first. That was cool. Then I was watching it. He went on, uh, 
with Keith Hernandez after they took him out. Oh God, it was just it yeah. was, that was emotional, man. Yeah, yeah that was very that was really yeah, that, that was tough. Uh, yeah, Gary Cohen was crying during that. It yeah. was look, it's it's tough even on broadcasters. This guy has been a New York Met since he was a kid practically, and now you know he ends his career with a two ninety six batting average, nearly eighteen hundred hits, one thousand seven hundred seventy seven. That's a lot of sevens. Yep. <laughs> 242 homers, 970 ribbies. Couldn't close in on 1,000 ribbies. But, you know, you think about it, the what-ifs in Wright's oh. career. What if That's the saddest part he was about more healthy, he could have done a lot more with the bat, with the glove. I mean, you, you, you look at him, yeah, injuries derailed his career a little bit, but he was a seven-time All-Star, two-time Gold Glove winner, and two-time Silver Slugger. I mean, what more can you ask? You can't, and uh, and probably one of the most humble guys you're ever gonna. I mean, oh, everything, so, oh, absolutely, guy. everything that comes guy. out of this guy's mouth. I mean, uh, and when you hear about the things that he does for the community, you know, like we talked about last week, though, just his loyalty to the Mets. I mean, the one yeah. guy that we've really ever heard that's dying to play for the Mets. Yeah, <laughs> two and a half years to work back to one game yeah, for well, one. And why everyone's saying just retire? Like, who yeah. cares? It's the right? Mets. People think he's crazy, but in all reality. Yeah. He's dedicated. It's not crazy when you're doing something that you love, when you have a goal set in mind, when you have a path, when you have a vision. And he took that with integrity and determination and resiliency, and he came back and played one final game yeah. as a starter for the New York Mets. Yeah, it was yeah. great. And like back to what you were saying about him being a good guy, he, they did a big uh, like three, four-minute tribute video. Yeah. yeah and the was... last like 45 seconds were him, pictures of him at charities and like hospitals yeah. like with yeah. children. Yeah. It's a really good guy. Absolutely. He will be missed on the baseball level from all teams. And another thing, too, as a Yankee fan, I remember when Derek Jeter retired. I mean, he just, uh, I mean, Derek Jeter is just a stone cold type of guy. Just oh, no yeah. emotion. Yeah. I mean, and he had one of the, I mean, that's a highlight of his career, the way he ended off his career. Yeah. I mean, David Wright, that was just true emotion. You really, sh- yeah. you saw his love for the game, his emotion on his leaving. I mean, even the fact his daughters for the first time got to see him play. I mean, that's that's huge. Oh, that, yeah. was, that was amazing. That's huge. That was an awesome moment. Watching his little daughter like throw the first pitch yeah, to him. He's huge. like, smile from ear to ear. That's something he'll remember for the rest of his life. Definitely yeah, an awesome moment for David Wright and Mets fans. Um, to wrap up the Mets, they end the season Sunday. Noah Syndergaard, his first career complete game shutout. Kudos. Another one nothing win. And fun fact. Without looking at your script. All right, let's hear it. Who led the Mets team in hits this season? No way. Mike, really? Mike definitely just saw it. I didn't. I, I'm not smart enough to pick that out from that piece of paper. So, really? on that note, I'm going to flip your script over, and Kyle is dropping his jaw. I'll, I'll probably say Brendan Nimmo, just because the basis he played the most games. <laughs> Ahmed ah, Rosario. Another guy who played a lot of games. He was healthy the entire Season, yeah, but it was terrible for like half of it. He, but he this kid is twenty is twenty two years old. Yeah, Kyle, he's younger than two of us here in the studio. There you go. And you know which two they are, since by process of elimination. Yeah, I'm eighteen years old. I'm not the. I'm. He's definitely older than me. He's definitely older than me. But listen, he's one of the guys. When he came up, he was one of the top rated prospects in all of baseball. Right. I know the first, the first season that he played, it was kind of a little disappointing. Yeah, it was. But he's developing as a player, no doubt, and. You know, that's what the Mets, that's what they're going to be. Yeah. They're going to be a developing team. They're probably going to bring up Peter Alonso next season at some point, probably so. so. midseason. I mean, what he's been doing down in AAA. Yeah. Validate that in the MLB. I mean, they. it's going to be a little bit until they really start becoming in contention. Yeah, and, yeah. It, it but, It's really going to take a while, for sure. But listen, that could be the next, that could be the next combination of mm-hmm. David Wright and Jose Reyes. That'll be a Med Rosario. And oh, a, yeah, yeah, yeah. And Peter Alonso. 
No, absolutely. I, I definitely agree with you guys there. I think that um, Alonzo, Rosario, and McNeil, they might be the next big three yeah, Jeff of McNeil. this team. Jeff McNeil's could play. He, he had a very impressive second half. I mean, as good as Nimmo was in the first half, McNeil was better in oh, the yeah. second half. McNeil hit like 40, 50 points higher. And than McNeil didn't even have to hit home runs to show it. It's not about just hitting home runs. It's about making contact with the bat, getting on base, and proving your worth to this ball club. And he did it all. You he know, played a decent amount of games, too. He played about yeah. 65 games. Yeah. You know what I love about, about third McNeil? Of the season. He was down 0-2 in one of these games that I watched. And instead of, you know, like a typical baseball going for the home run on 0-2, he's choking up, hitting, uh, and just trying to make contact. And you don't you don't see that anymore, and I love to see that from Jeff McNeil and you know young players like that. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it would be something to definitely look forward to. I mean, Dawes, last week we were talking about the potential just of this Mets team. You know, if everybody, I know we were making jokes about it, but the fact that you know even if some guys stay healthy, I mean, this team has a lot of potential. You know, you have the possible leaving of Bryce Harper out of the division. That's a huge plus side to all Mets huge. fans. I mean, all you got to do is literally put points up on the board when Degrom is. Pitching and just stay healthy, and you could be a successful team. I mean, yeah. and, and it seems like that's a lot to ask for from this Mets teams, especially as of recent. But yeah, if he's not the CY Young this year, there should be riots in yep. the streets will be. of Flushing Queens. There will, the, without a doubt, uh, um, what do you finish off with? A one seventy ten and nine record, one point seven zero earned run average, two hundred two. Get this, the strikeout to walk ratio, two hundred sixty nine strikeouts to forty six walks. Dawes, do you remember that stat last week? I do. The Mets? I do because it's, it's right embraced in my brain. There you go. So if the Mets scored four runs per start for DeGrom, obviously no team's going to do that for like 30-something starts. But if they did that, hypothetically, DeGrom is 30-0 and this year. All right, but the crazier stats, if they score three runs, Let's hear it. they are 25-1. and Okay. Two runs, just two runs. You got to get two runs. 20-6. and six. Couldn't do it. Yeah. Couldn't do it. But instead he's good 10 old 10-9. Bad. Yeah. That was a disgusting stat I saw on the internet, and it ruined my day. So, yeah, uh, that's very unfortunate. <laughs> but I think there's no question. As good as Max Scherzer was this year, Degrom was better. Um, yeah, well, that's really what it's going to come down to. Yeah, 300 strikeouts. He joined an elite club. He really did, and thank God he finished over 500, huh? Oh yeah, he won his last three games, I believe. On that note, um, for the Mets. Thank you, David Wright, for everything. We're going to end that on a good note. When we come back, we're going to talk the Yankees and some MLB playoff action. You're listening to Review and Preview here on WCWPSports.org. Welcome back to Review and Preview, folks. I am your host, Tom Scavetta, joined alongside Mike Dawes, Cal Russo, here in the studio. Very happy to be back here on Review and Preview after my excursion to Syracuse, New York, last weekend to call some lacrosse games while you guys Uh were hosting the show. How's that? It was fun. You know, awesome. got to meet Bill O'Brien, a couple of big guys, a Rob Pinnell from the, the, the New York Lizards. So it was it was a fun weekend. Grueling. T- very tiring, though. Yeah, you, uh, were, you were working games to what, like 1130 at night? Yeah, yeah, yeah. From about 11 o'clock in the morning to 1130 at night. Yeah, it, was, it, it, was, it was rough, but we got it done. Yeah. All right, guys, you can listen to our show tonight on mywcwp.org or wcwpsports.org. Um, we are taking callers. 516-299-2030 is the number if you want to take part in our live show. We are on Instagram. We are on Facebook Live as Jeff Kroll is watching right now. Thank you, Jeff. And we are podcasting as well. 
Let's get to those Yankees. Before we get to their uh, wild card game against the Oakland A's, I want to say that bravo to the New York Yankees on surpassing the regular season home run record for a team, 267 home runs. The feat was accomplished on Saturday afternoon, right? It's either Friday or Saturday, Kyle, right? It was Saturday. It was Saturday. Um, I think Torres and Stanton hit home runs on Saturday for the Yanks, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Glaber got the uh, got the one that broke the record. He got the break. He got the one that broke the record. Yeah. So the original record was 264 by the Seattle Mariners in 1997. And what do you know? 21 years later, the Yankees accomplished that with 267 home runs. They beat the mark by three. They finished the year with 100 wins, 62 losses, good enough for the wild card spot in the American League. And, you know, yeah, now they have the series against the Boston Red Sox, but people are not talking about the series that they just had against Boston last weekend where they took two out of three. Yeah, they lost 10-2 to two on Sunday, but they took two out of three from that series, and that helped them build some momentum in the wild card game, and the big controversial topic I want to talk about now is Luis Severino starting the wild card game. Kyle Russo, what are your thoughts on the Yankees punching Severino's ticket to starting that wild card game in the oh, Bronx? Well, originally I was You were pissed. I believe like as many fans I didn't understand it. But a lot of these things that Aaron Boone has done is a lot of like toss up in the air things and they've all benefited in a way. Surprisingly. I mean we've talked me and Dawes we talked about it last week. He brought up a phenomenal point which I don't think a lot of people are talking about. But the fact that you started yeah, the fact that you started Severino now you get to have J.A. Happ in for two games potentially against the Red Sox, and he is a Red Sox killer. Yeah. I mean, that's – I mean, that's – I mean, Aaron Boone, listen, at the end of the day, if they didn't win this game, there was going to be a lot, a lot of Yankee fans calling for his head. But I think Boone took a risk, but it was a good risk because now Severino builds a little confidence because he had a good playoff start against the young, fiery Oakland Athletics lineup. And my question to you is this. Was this more Boone trusting his original ace to start the year and saying, I'm throwing you out there for the wild card game? Or was this more to protect Luis Severino so he did not have to pitch at Boston I if think, they won? I think it was at the end of the day because Severino has the best stuff out of all the Yankees pitchers. I mean, no matter what, he had a terrible second half, no doubt about it. It's obvious. He, had one of the, he was the worst pitcher it, in baseball it, it was, since it was the second half. And that's an understatement. But... <laughs> I mean, he, at the end of the day, he has the best stuff, and, yeah. and it was shown. I mean, he didn't let up a hit, I believe, to like the, I think it was the fourth inning? Yeah. No, he threw he, a lot of pitches, but he had seven strikeouts. Well, the game was pretty much over after the first inning when they went up 2-0 two, two because I Oakland agree. was not doing anything against Severino. Uh, and then Luke Voigt sealed yeah, the deal in that. Yeah. Severino's final stat line, he only pitched four innings, but that's normal to do in postseason play, especially a game like that. No runs, two hits, seven Ks. Uh, but then Hendricks for the Athletics just lasted one inning after the Yankees went up 2 nothing. Yanks actually led 6 nothing in this game in the eighth inning where Chris Davis hit a two-run bomb. That was the only offense for Oakland. Let's talk about Oakland for a little bit. They finished 97-65 and this season. That was the fifth-best record in the, in, in the American League. Process this fact for a minute. The Oakland Athletics put them in the National League. They're the number one overall seed. Mike, is that a fun fact? That was fun, and especially because they're they're a good, well-rounded <laughs> baseball team. I mean, yeah. Listen, at the end of the day, yeah. if 
Sean Manaya wasn't on the DL, and he would have been starting this oh, game. Mike Fears. I mean, yeah, this could have been a whole different yeah, even ball game. Cahill. Yeah, Tre- yeah. Trevor Cahill. Even with uh, Eileen, Liam Hendricks, uh, Michael oh. and Michael Brett. K brought it up. The I think he brought it up yesterday. Brett Liam Anderson. Hendricks was yeah. on waiver claims at yeah. one point in the season. He wasn't even oh, on a crazy roster. Crazy stuff, huh? And they had him starting a playoff game. Yeah, yeah. I, would I mean, tell you. I would have even went and Ed- Edwin Jackson, Trevor Cahill, like you said. Yeah. I would, probably wouldn't have gone Brett Anderson, but Mike Friars. I mean. <sighs> I I don't like the opener. It, the opener should have been Trevino if they're going to go with an opener. But I mean, obviously, you know, the A's know more than us. But right, yeah. But I don't know. It didn't work out for them. Obviously, think about their uh, performance since the All Star break. I'm pretty sure they had the best record in the majors, forty-two and twenty-three record. It's phenomenal. That's since when the All Star Davis was heating up, right? Yeah. And if you think about it for a second, if you go back to the All Star game, there weren't really many A's. In the All Star, you know, you 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 think more Boston, Yankees, Houston, like those are the big three in the American League. Let's face it, if you're another team that's not one of those three, you're kind of on the outside looking in. Yep. Especially if you're Cleveland and Oakland in this postseason. No, uh, all due respect to the Cleveland Indians, but uh, forty-two and twenty-three is astonishing. You finished just six games back of the Houston Astros. I, I don't care who's out and how they're performing. This is the Houston Astros team, the defending World Series champions, man. Crazy. Yeah. Really astonishing on how uh, Oakland positioned themselves to overtake the Seattle Mariners for a wild card spot. Seattle was projected to be the fifth team in for the American League until yeah. all of a sudden, here comes Oakland out of nowhere. Credit to guys like Piscotty, Matt Chapman, Chris Davis, as we brought up. Yeah, under also, the radar guys. Yeah, also like Matt Loriano, Jed Lowry, nice, uh, center field. Also, uh, Matt Olson. They have probably yeah, the Matt best. Olson. They yeah. probably have the best defensive corner infielders. I mean, Matt Chapman's going to win Gold Glove easily in the AL. Yeah. Maybe even the Platinum one, if that's what they call that. I don't know. But, <laughs> and Chris but, Davis is even up for MVP still. Yeah. I mean, even though it's yeah. probably going to be Martinez or Mookie oh, Betts, for, for, for sure. But he's still definitely in that top three conversation. Yeah, I believe he led the AL in home runs. He did. Yeah, really good. He led the league in home runs. Chris Davis? Oh, certainly, yeah, because yeah. the NL leader was, I think, Matt Carpenter with, like, high 30s. Yeah. So. No, I think uh, Chris Davis, I think he finished off with, like, 49. <laughs> Sounds like Chris Davis. Um, yeah. Crush Davis, yeah, I should say. I, Chris Davis, pretty sure he had um, his total home run count. I think he had, like, 48. He had 48. Yeah, 48. he had 48. But he did lead the entire league in home runs. And 123 RBIs. Chris Davis is 5'10". Who led the league in home runs? Five ten. Size doesn't matter in Major League Baseball in terms no, of hitting. Not. It really doesn't. Hey, look at Altuve. Yeah, yeah. You know, Al- Altuve. Um, yeah, you know a lot of small guys have powerful bats as well. But look, they lost to the Yankees seven to two. Reality is, Chapman is back. Judge is back. The Yankees have some reinforcements. Gary Sanchez is back. The emergence of Luke Voigt. Um, hitting 333, I believe, since coming to the Yankees. And he has been phenomenal in this second half. And he basically pushed Greg Bird out of a roster spot. I'm so happy. Greg Bird did not make the ALDS roster because so happy. of Luke Voigt. And you were ready to uh, like throw a tantrum after yeah, they was... let Tyler Austin go. Because I, I thought... Cashman was grooming him to replace Greg Bird. I mean, I potentially, that's what I saw. But listen, I mean, Dawes brought it to my attention last week. They cha- uh, they traded uh, ch- uh, Chase, uh, what's his name? Chase, uh, Chase and Shreve. 
for Luke Voigt. He's starting in the ADLS right now, and he's absolutely balling out since he's become since he's become a Yankee. He's hit some clutch hits. That clutch hit against the Oakland A's last week. That that's how you get known as a legend. That will be a hit that will potentially hold him as a Yankees member for a long time to come. Um, we do have a caller. Caller, uh, please state your name and where you are from. As a technical glitch here, yeah, Mike, you might, you might want to drop that caller. So go to the hybrid and just click drop under the call button where it's lighting up. Um, hopefully that caller calls back. Mike, who, who was that? I believe he said Lewis. Lewis. That's, he was whispering. I don't know. Okay, not too sure who that is. I don't think we ever had a Lewis call on the show. Well, it probably wasn't Lewis then. But um, not the best lo- here. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to edit that out later on tonight after the show's over. Um, yeah. yeah. So definitely, uh, back to this Yankees team. Judge hits his fifth career postseason home run. That really sparked the offense. Yeah. Um, Stanton hit his first career postseason home run. Put the exclamation point on the victory. Um, the Yankees decide to go with 12 pitchers on the ALDS roster. And, Kyle, talk about the Luke Voigt impact not just making the postseason roster, but starting at first base on the postseason roster. Well, yeah. I, I mean, when you think about it, it's really a two-way type of conversation. Does it speak to the fact on how horrible Greg Bird was or just how great Luke Voigt is? I mean, at the end of the day, the guy was putting up phenomenal numbers since uh, yeah. end of August. No, I mean, yeah, he absolutely. deserved and rightly deserved to start in this game, mm-hmm. without a doubt. I mean, if they started Greg Bird, there was going to be people calling for Boone's head. I mean, this is oh, yeah. this guy now makes your – I mean, I remember going into the regular season. That was from spot number one to nine. There was really no mm-hmm. flaws. I mean, yeah. now it's back at that point again. I mean, you have Luke Voigt, I think, batting fifth or sixth tonight. I mean, it really solidifies I think that he's offense. Fifth. He's hitting fifth behind Stanton. I want to say the lineup is um, it's McCutcheon, McCutcheon, Judge, Hicks, Hicks, Stanton, Voigt. Yeah. And do, uh, no, Didi, and Duhar, and Duhar Sanchez, and Gleyber Torres. Torres. Yep. Excellent lineup. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's very deep. Wow. How do you beat that if you're bought? I don't care if you have the, the potential AL MVP and the runner up on your roster. J.D. Martinez, who's been phenomenal this season. Mookie Betts, who gets a hit every game. I mean, look, yeah. I don't care. That's a tough lineup to beat. Yeah, yeah Boston has those two, Bogarts, Holt. Like, they have a lot of guys, Benatendi, that you got to worry about as well, which is what makes this a very interesting series. But to preview this series a little bit, the Red Sox finished the season 108-54. and They won the most games in franchise history. They won the season series 10-9, to and the home team really has had the upper hand all season, and now we get a live look in this game here. Uh, top of the first inning, Aaron Judge currently at bat at Fenway Park. Thank you, Kyle Russo. Anytime. <laughs> um, so another thing to keep in mind, too, these two teams have actually not met in the playoffs since the 2004 ALCS. So, you know, that's something to really... Uh, look into as Chris Sale just struck out Aaron Judge looking as you see the bright red in the in the stands of Fenway Park. Um, yeah, and the last time these two teams met, the Red Sox made history, Mike. The they first did. team to come back from 3-0 down to win a series. That was not a... 14 years ago, yeah. Not a fun time. No. Kyle, I mean, I was, I was three, but okay. not I, a fun I, time. I, I was about to say, you were alive when that happened, correct? Yeah. 
Yeah. I was alive. I was, in fact, alive. I was, in fact. Do you actually remember it, though? No, but I've, no, I've heard stories. I've never watched it on my couch. I've heard stories yeah, me leading too. up to this week, yeah. you know. We were a, a lot older. of people in my family, diehard Yankees fans. I mean, yeah. a lot of people. I mean, especially 14 years. I mean, they haven't played each other Absolutely. in the playoffs in this big of a moment. Yeah. So, you know, when you talk about it, when it happened back well, 14 years ago, I mean, you hear all your family members talk about it be like, we better kill this Boston team after <laughs> what they did to us back then. This is a fun series to watch, Kyle and Mike. It's going to be a very fun series. Yeah. I think the winner of this series potentially goes to the World Series. Because no, without Houston a doubt. Houston is banged up right now. Um, we'll get to them in just a couple of minutes. But yeah. tonight at Fenway Park, 7.32 p.m., the game started. Why 7.32 p.m.? Who knows? I think it's because they keep, you know, four games are spreading them out. But yeah. Not. It's odd. <laughs> it's odd. <laughs> Let's go over this pitching matchup. Jay Happ takes the mound tonight after being acquired from the Toronto Blue Jays at the trade deadline. Happ, a 17-6 and record, 3.65 earned run average. And Happ... Since coming to the Yankees is seven and zero, an ERA under three, and Hap has four starts against Boston this year with an with an ERA of one point nine nine. So he is the right guy to start this game at Fenway. Yeah, there's a lot of pressure on him, but I think there's more pressure on Boston oh. and Chris Sale tonight, who is his counterpart. Yes, twelve and four, two point eleven ERA in the season. If he didn't get hurt, he might be the AL CYO. He might be. Yeah. And, uh, you know, a big talking point about Chris Sale was his velocity has a dip, has a dip. Yeah. Uh, if you uh, threw a few fastballs in the first thing, he's touching 95, 96. So it doesn't seem to be a crazy concern because he was hitting 91 averaging on his last start, which right. people which, are very concerned. A little but, concerning. Yeah. yeah but and he's with, back up there. Yeah. And with Hap, it's the nice team for him to go against because, you mm-hmm. know, as you said, all those nice stats versus Boston, also the Yankees, I, I don't believe they've ever lost when he's pitched for them. No, he is not. No, yeah, they're undefeated in his starts, and now he gets two starts versus Boston potentially if necessary. That's that's the right guy you want to start two games. Shout out to Jaden Daly and Mike Scally watching our Facebook Live video. Um, as it looked like Hicks just drew a walk on sale. Yes, he did. Awesome. So with two out in the first inning, Yankees do have a base runner, uh, but Sale has had as much success against the Yankees this year as Happ has had against Boston. Sale is 2-0, ERA under 1 against the Yankees. The exact amount is 0.69 and 19 strikeouts. Remember, Sale missed a a good portion of the second half, so this is going to be interesting transitioning into the playoffs. I think Boston handled the situation very well. It was good management by the Red Sox in terms of starting him out slow, getting him back into the rhythm of things as the southpaw is back to work. Because there was no need to rush him back. I mean, right. you know, they had yeah, the division yeah. comfortably wrapped up. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, no, I agree. that They did handle that pretty well. He had two stints on the DL, too, right? He did. Yes. But yeah. one was longer than the other, which yeah. is more significant for my fantasy baseball team. But let's <laughs> not get into that, as I lost the final by four points. Oh, I wouldn't know. I won my league. Um. So. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. I, I won a belt. It was great. <laughs> back to reality here on Review and Preview. Yeah, no um, more fantasy so talk. who wins game one tonight? Right now, I mean, Sale and Hap, this is such a tough matchup to pick, man. It's game one. The Sox are home. 108 wins. I mean, it's hard to bet against them, though. Yeah, and plus, you know, at home, I mean, they got their ace on the mound. Yeah. But I, I will say, I, I do think the Yankees will win this game. You are a betting man, Mike Dawes. That is a factual statement. And... As a betting man who bet on the Yankees, I would love them to win this game. Same. I would love to see the Yankees win as well as Stanton rakes lefties. He does. Uh, But Chris Sale is another um, 
creature. He is a different so, breed. <laughs> he's an exception. He's yeah. an exception. So, look, if I have to pick a winner tonight, I am going to go with the Red Sox by a score of 3-2. to two. Yeah. Oh, Surprisingly, scoring. I'm going low scoring only because of the pitching matchup. Yeah. So... That's interesting. Kyle, I know you got the Yankees, so we might as well pass over you, no? Oh, I'll give you a score. I'll sure. give you a score of uh, a 4-1. to one. And I don't think yes. it happens early. I think it's going to happen when they start to bring out their bullpen. The, I'm talking the, about the Red the Sox. The bullpen for Boston is shaky because before we went live, you were concerned about the bridge to Craig Kimbrell. And what Kyle Russo means by that is the pitchers leading up to him in the bullpen. If Sale cannot go... Uh, you yeah. know, like six, he has six to go six or at least seven se- innings. Six or seven innings. Yeah. The Red Sox really don't have a shot. Yeah. It really leads that they don't on have Chris a, Sale tonight. Not that they don't have a shot, but the Yankees hitters will absolutely take advantage of that. Well, you're the comparing fact. the Yankees' yeah. bullpen to the Red Sox' bullpen. It's 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 not even a competition. You know, it's well, not a competition. What's interesting here is, you know, postseason starters are in the bullpen. So right. the Red Sox, they also have a Stephen Wright knuckleballer in the pen, which the Yankees yeah. notoriously cannot hit knuckleballers. And also, like, maybe they have – well, no, they wouldn't have Eduardo Rodriguez, but <laughs> they also have Tyler uh, Thornburg back there. He's, they do. Not the worst. He's not the worst. No, not the worst. So well, we will see. But, yeah, the, the Yankees have an insane bullpen edge. It's not even close. But as Stanton is up to bat right now in the top of the first, great moment for him last night, hitting his first career postseason home run. You know, a guy who played for the Marlins a lot of years. So, eight years of losing. Yeah, eight years mm-hmm. of losing. Finally on a winning team, a winning franchise. As Kyle likes to say, hey, there's room to come on over. But, yeah, man. Mike, we don't take the bait on that. No, I can't. It's I'm in way too deep with the Mets. And Bryce, if you want to come over, man, we got room. We'll just make so, some tap room. So, um, game two actually, game two is tomorrow. I want to say, Kyle. Yeah, game two tomorrow. Is tomorrow. Game so two is it'll tomorrow. be Masahiro Tanaka versus David Price. Yes. That'll what do we be, think uh, of this matchup? Because, as you guys know, in previous weeks of the show, I was banking on Tanaka to start the wild card game. Yes, you were. But I think you got to put your two best current pitchers on the road against Boston. And then have Severino start Game Three at home, and then you can throw CC. Yeah. CC has earned himself a start in the playoffs, I think. Yes, but, he has. Um, Absolutely. Well, but, last year CC was one of the best pitchers in the playoffs. I mean, yeah, he was. Yeah, yeah. I think he won every single start. I that don't know. He had for I, I kind of think if you're down 2-0, yeah, you start Severino Game Three, but you know, I, it, it may switch. It may switch because you don't want to be. You know, if you're down and you're in a little in an elimination game. You might yeah, not want to take know, that risk. You yeah. know what you're going to get out of CC. You're going to get anywhere between one to three runs for the most part, and five to six innings. That's the problem, though. It's not five. It's not five to six. It's like three to four. Yeah, well, five at the most. Playoffs. I mean, it's in just, the playoffs. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. Um, moving on to the next series, uh, game one between the Houston Astros and the Cleveland Indians took place today, in the other ALDS. Uh, Corey Kluber got rocked. Man, this was not good. This was a seven-two win for the Astros. Kluber got rocked three times, three home runs, four runs, and just four and two-thirds. Uh, Springer, Bregman, and Altuve all hit dingers. And there's a fan for the Houston Astros. You guys are going to have fun with this fact, but hopefully not too much. Uh, a fan said, if George Springer hits a home run here in the bottom of the fifth inning, he'll buy beer for the whole section. Oh, no. And guess what happened? Springer hit a oh, home run. No. So he spent over $300 worth of beer for the whole wow. section. I would have went home. Wow. Yeah, that's a tiny section. <laughs> yeah, I would not have done that. That's an honorable guy. Yeah, that is a uh, he man stuck of his word. To his yeah, word. Good for him. Not um, good for him. Houston <laughs> hits good four him. home runs in a playoff game for the seventh time in club history. Uh, Cleveland, all, Cleveland already down one nothing with their ace getting rocked. There's talks about Trevor Bauer. 
possibly coming out of the bullpen to relieve some pressure. And Bowers coming off an injury, too. So, you know, now you're really in a big standstill here because, look, if you go down 2-0, like, you're not in good shape. You're, yeah, you you're, you're really not. You need Carrasco to, perform. to come out tomorrow, and Carrasco's going to go off against Garrett Cole, which I think is not good either because, yes, Carrasco has won 16, 17 games, but Garrett Cole was the ace to start the season yeah. over Verland, believe it or not. Like, he was considered the guy. But now Ver, Verland, who is clearly the number one on this team again. Um, but, yeah. That's my take for the AL uh, DS. I think Houston's going to win this series. Yeah. Regardless I mean, of who's in, who's out. I, I don't really think in this series it matters much. I think it matters more in the ALCS. But, um, look, I just I don't necessarily see Cleveland winning a game in this series. Wow, uh, it, might, it might be no, a 3 sweep. No, hundred without a doubt. I mean, this was their game to potentially win because Justin Verlander, as of late, has been kind of shaky. Right. Garrett Cole is pretty much guaranteed. And Game 1 yeah. tells you a lot about the way a series is going to go. Yeah. You know? And the fact that Houston won Game 1 and they have one more at home, that tells me something right there. They're going to go up 2-0, and then you're going to have Game 3. If Bauer, if you if you have to use Bauer in the bullpen, how's he going to come out for Game 3? I mean, you need Bauer game three. I'm sorry. I don't care if he's been hurt or not. You don't have anybody else that you can say, oh, I'm going to throw you out there for game three. Like, Cleveland couldn't even even get on base today. (laughs) (laughs) Cleveland couldn't even get on base today. They had three hits. Cleveland has not had success. They they won so many games last year, and they come out and they lay a dud against the Yankees in game five at home. They they were up 2-0 in that series. People forget. They were. And they lost three straight. The Yankees were facing elimination. Let's go over to the National So we all pick Houston for this series? I'll take Houston in four. I'll give Cleveland one game. I'll take Houston in three. Kyle Russo? Yeah, Houston in three. All right. Ooh. Yeah. Na- that was the game today. Don't National worry. League yeah. playoffs, the wild card game. We all talked about this in our little group chat that we have. Uh, the Rockies had nothing to lose in the wild card game against the Cubs on the road. And the Rockies did their job. This was a boring game, man. I mean, let me be completely honest here. This is why people just flat out don't like baseball. Yeah, but me, the baseball nerd, I loved every second of it because it was close all game. It was fantastic. Uh, what frustrated me is the Cubs. They didn't get one timely hit except for that, you know, that Baez, Baez double. But that's still, it. That's they had, they uh, had. They got bailed out with that catcher's interference to end the inning. David Dahl dropped the ball, and they don't capitalize Mike, at all. You got Daniel Murphy. You got Chris Bryant. You got Anthony Rizzo. By uh, what is the problem? Why do you only I, score one run against the Rockies team? Uh, they play in Coors Field every year. They're prone to giving up several runs. Yeah. Why? Kyle Freeland Stud. pitched a shutout. I think. Oh man, uh, Freeland pitched. I want to say six and two thirds. Potentially yes. sounds right. Because yeah. go Colorado deep. only won ninety games compared to the Cubs that went ninety five and sixty seven. Look, this game lasted thirteen innings. Loved it. The starting pitching matchup was great. You have yeah. Kyle Freeland stacked up against John Lester. Lester did good as well, but he did give up the one run. Can somebody which, explain to me that rule, by the way, with Chicago's field? If it goes into the bush, you just get to throw your hands up and say, oh, no. Oh, yeah, it's you out mean the uh, poison ivy? Yeah. Uh, you know what, Chris Bryant, you reach in there. Get that ball. Throw yeah, your hands no, up. Definitely. That should have been two. That should be two runs. That's baloney. Wait, are you serious? I don't know yeah. why the hands oh, up no, song just popped into I mean, he my just head. like. Well, I mean, yeah, it's a dead ball. You have to do that. I mean, is there something behind it? Or no, it's just it's bricks. Hands up, That's what I'm saying. Baby, yeah, hands up. You're not going to reach into the ivy. That's It doesn't even benefit the Cubs to do that. You no, just, it really does. It benefits you just goes, nobody. Hey, because, yeah. hey, you know, oh. That's baloney. Um, 
as the Red Sox have a runner aboard here in the bottom of the first. Uh, but back to the series against, uh, back to the wild card game. Look, yes, uh, the Rockies do win two to one in thirteen innings. Walters got the game winning RBI. Good for him, man. You know, a guy that's not on a lot of people's radars would just come out and get the game winning RBI in the thirteenth inning, and then the Rockies come back um, and seal the deal. I was disappointed with the Cubs. If I'm not mistaken, like we're, that's a huge blow. Weren't we picking them to go to the World Series? Didn't they finish with the best record in the National League? They did? I did say that. I remember that. I called Houston versus Cubs. I'm probably going to be wrong on both. But, well, no, I'm, I'm sorry. Milwaukee did, no? Because Milwaukee won oh, the, the tiebreaker. Yes. Yeah, yes. they got the tiebreaker. Yes. So they finished with the same record virtually. That tiebreaker may have just ruined the National League postseason. <laughs> because now you're looking at who's left. The Braves are playing the Dodgers. We know who's going to win that series. And then you have the Brewers and the Rockies. The Rockies might surprise people and sneak out of the net of uh, out of the National League. It's not about they how might. good you are in the regular season if you're hot at the right time. And they have the hitters: Nolan Arenado, Charlie Blackman, even Carlos Gonzalez. You can throw him in there. Mm. Like, come on, one through six is dangerous. Trevor Story, Trevor like, Story, hundred RBIs. Well, the Rockies are actually they're about to go down 2-0 right now. Well, we'll get to that in just a moment. Um, so, Colorado. Defeat Chicago, very surprising, came at Wrigley Field. Those Cubs fans, very disappointed. I don't blame them. That's what stinks about the one-game wild card. It's a win or go home. Survive in advance. Rockies and Yankees did their job. Um, A's and Cubs did not. They're the first also, two teams uh, eliminated from 2018. The Cubs season. had those two, you know, well, one game 163, the next one yeah. the playing game, or the wild card game, mm-hmm. and they scored two runs in 22 innings. That was tough, yeah. You they, can't you, do that. You, you can't do that at all. Yeah, that's you, really You really bad. can't. Um, let's get to that. Uh, the Rockies already down one nothing in the NLDS against Milwaukee. They won three to two in ten innings yesterday. Colorado was down two nothing. They come back. They score two runs in the top of the ninth, bring the game to extras. But Christian Yelich, man, uh, didn't he hit? Uh, he, he, went two, he went two for three. He hit a home run. He is an MVP candidate for the National League. Candidate. He's an MVP winner. Were you now guys talking about him last too. week? Yeah. I think I was listening He's, to the show on the way to class in Fairfield, and I heard you guys talk about it. I'm like, man, he will. He He's should really win. good. He should win. He should win. I and think he will between, with this late push. He's had. Um, one of you had. I think Mike had the game up on his phone. Game two currently in progress. What's the score there? Of the Milwaukee and oh, Colorado. end of the end of the eighth. Milwaukee up four zero. So we can pretty much Ooh. confirm that. That's Milwaukee over. will go up two nothing in this series, but you can't count Colorado out because they are no. They are. Um, notorious for these late-game heroics. You talked about in Game 1, scoring two runs, bringing it to extras. 13th inning drama. They find a way to win this game. As uh, Mike, you're going to pick up this caller here, give it another shot. Yeah, um, definitely will. And also, Coors Field playoff time, huge advantage. Yeah. yeah. Now, we were talking about that last week, too, the whole altitude. Yeah. Which is going to be a huge, huge factor in this series if Colorado wants to come back. Because now they have to... Now they potentially have to win all three games. Um, Kevin Mondello, thank you for your question about the Seattle Seahawks. We'll get to that in just one moment. Um, But to wrap up baseball here, the other series, the Braves and the Dodgers. Dodgers up 1-0, a 6-0 shutout last night. No shocker. Fultonavich got bombed four runs in just two innings. You can't do that in the playoffs. You for the Dodgers. I mean, this kid has been incredible. I thought, yeah, I was like, yeah. what? <laughs> but yeah, no, uh, yeah. Hinjun Ryu, he's, he's Ryu, good. Ryu, yeah. Yeah, same thing. 
And he got the uh, people were surprised he got the game one start over Kershaw. Seven shutout innings. Yeah, yeah. They, they told Kershaw, and apparently he was okay with it. Yeah, starting yeah. in game two. Yeah, he mean, said he's proven himself. He's good. Yeah, and also and listen, uh, that's eight strikeouts in seven innings, man. Just four hits, no runs. Yikes! And we'll uh, keep talking about the Braves Dodgers here uh, on how their that series six nothing. Um, man, you know it, it's. It's tough when you lose game one, 6 nothing, And if you're yeah. Fulton Avich, the let's face it, the Braves don't have great starting pitching. They don't. They're all young. and They're you know, all young. They're not great. So, And also the Dodgers, to go from Ryu to Kershaw to Walker Bueller, that, Ooh. that, 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 Ooh. <laughs> that will win you a pennant what? right there. It's really good. Yeah. yeah. Like, how, how are you supposed to compete against that? I don't think you are. And also oh, they have man. two great starters, Ross Stripling, Alex Wood in yeah. the bullpen. Look, uh, in this series – for the NL, I'm going Milwaukee and the Dodgers. I think the Brewers find a way. Yeah. To get past Colorado, they're about to go up two nothing, and then re- and then Max Muncie comes out of nowhere this season. The three RBIs for Max Muncie as Kyle regains his composure because JD Martinez just hit a three run bomb. But Max Muncie, right? Kyle had three RBIs last night, and he also hit a home run. Max Muncie has been very productive for the Dodgers this season. He's been like their second or third best hitter on the team. And you look at the infield, guys like Justin Turner, Cody Bellinger. I mean, Bellinger has been pushed to the outfield at times. Turner has been benched in relief of Muncie. I mean, he's been incredible. You definitely have to ride the hot hand if he's been hot. Uh, He's a powerful lefty in that Dodgers lineup. Game two tomorrow night, though, Anibal Sanchez against Clayton Kershaw. Clear favorite. You know, favorites you know what Dodgers. it is about this Atlanta team? They're just they're just too young. I mean, it's not their right, time right, right now. Yeah, it's not. I mean, that's it. That's all it comes down to. I mean, the fact that you have Acuna Jr. and basically Ozzy Alves carry you to this position that you're now in, it's just right. too young against these experienced guys, especially a team that just came off a World Series stint. I'm going to give Atlanta game three. I see the Dodgers win the series three to one. Um, yeah, I'll definitely give Atlanta. I don't game. think Atlanta will get swept. I, I'm going to give them a game. Um, but overall, I think the Dodgers have the better stuff. Um and that's pretty much it. Actually, I lied. I won't give him a game. Oh, yeah, I forgot Walker Second Bueller. Second 3-0 I mean, sweep. All yeah, right. I'll, I'll, I'll On that I'll note, we're going to step aside for another quick break. When we come back, we're going to start the segment off with our team of the week and then get into some college football. You're listening to Review and Preview here on WCWPSports.org. Welcome back to Review and Preview, folks. I'm your host, Tom Scavetta. Join alongside Mike Dawes and Kyle Russo. Um, guys, it is the top of the hour, 7.58 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. I think we're still in Standard Time, right? Uh, it's no longer Daylight Time. Uh, no, we are in Eastern Daylight Time still. Um, correction. It is time for our Team of the Week. And my Team of the Week, which will kind of segue into our next following segment, the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. They defeat Stanford 38-17. Ian Book Great kid. I think he's only a sophomore. It comes out, he throws four touchdown passes. Love the way he's been playing last couple of starts, and Ian Book may potentially lead Notre Dame to a college football playoff appearance if he keeps this stuff up. Mike? Um, along the same lines as you, I will go with the Ohio State Buckeyes. All right. Huge win at Penn State. I never doubted it the entire game. I caught, I caught the end of it. Yeah. Oh, like, what an ending. Yeah. And, you know, they Dwayne Haskins, another phenomenal game. I mean, this team just this team's all around great. And Penn State, I don't know if you guys caught the game, but Penn State's fourth and five called to do a halfback oh, like, dive over yeah. the middle. I Yikes. don't know what, what was up with that. Yikes. Definitely, yeah. Uh, How's like the best D line? I don't know what they're doing. Yeah. 
That was that was the tough so, one. But yeah, didn't Nick Sorley rush for over a hundred yards? Um, yeah, he was. He Mick was. Sorley, I'm pretty sure he ran for a hundred seventy-five yards. That's not good. Not good. Penn State. Uh, I'm pretty sure they had nearly five hundred yards of offense. Kyle Russo, who is your team of the week? Even though they just lost, my team of the week is the Oakland Athletics. Wow. I, you know, I mean, that was a curveball. Yeah. I was I mean, making predictions in my car, by the way, but go ahead. I mean, even though, listen, everybody could say, you know, wild card team, that's not a playoff team. They went 97-65. and 65. That's a playoff team. They are a team that potentially, if Sean Maniah did not go down, they could have outbeaten the Yankees to get home field, potentially, uh, to be honest. Cause they, he's been out, what has he been out since, I believe, the end of July? Something like that. Yeah, and he uh, season ending for sure. Yeah, I mean, then I mean, he definitely would have started in this game. I mean, just like I said before, Liam Hendricks was a guy who wasn't even on a roster halfway through the season yeah. to start him in a playoff game because of the lack in pitching that they have. So at the end of the day, I mean, they're gonna they're they're a team that has are poised for many great seasons to come. Have a phenomenal manager and uh, Billy De- uh, Billy Bean, who. I mean, this is just a team that's going to be good for a long time. They yeah. have a lot of good young pieces. Chris Davis had a phenomenal, I'm not going to say breakout because he's been pretty consistent, yeah, but, a, but a, a season in which he's truly getting recognized for what he's done. Yeah. Because in the past, I mean, no, you know, it's a sure. team like Oakland who doesn't really do anything. He really wasn't getting mm-hmm. noticed for his individual performance. But, you know, it's a good thing for Oakland. It's, it's a learning experience in a way. Mm-hmm. So that's my team of the week, Oakland. Before Athletics. we officially transition from team of the week to college football, as Luke Voigt just got a single in the top of the second, yanks down 3 nothing. For our playoff prediction series, Kyle Russo, you got Yankees, Houston, Dodgers, Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. Mike Dawes, you got Yankees. Yankees, Houston, Houston Dodgers, Dodgers, Milwaukee. Milwaukee. Yeah. All right. To be different, I'll say Red Sox. All right. Even, you know, even though you have money on the edge. Uh, yeah. So you, you got to have both ends covered. Of course. Here. i, I got to hedge myself. Come you know? on, Mike. And also, they're up 3 nothing. On first. that <laughs> note, because I was going to pick Boston, but now I'm going to pick the Yankees. Okay. I'm going to pick the Yankees. Fraudulent, ladies and gentlemen. Fraudulent. We are one ending into this game, and then we're, we're changing our minds. It's, I mean, it's, it's the right play. Houston. Oh, well, boys. I, I think the Yankees have a better bullpen. Oh, yeah. And I think the Yankees uh, will go down 2-0 in the series and come back to win it 3-2. As D.D. Gregorius hits clutch. a foul. Oh, that's not clutch. Down the foul line. Kyle Russo, a little bit too excited right there. But we do have our baseball picks in on who will win this series. And that's going to be reviewed. It was out of play. We transition into college football. The Ohio State Buckeyes now jump into the number three spot. Well-deserved. In the AP Top 25 poll, they beat Penn State 27-26. to Penn State drops to number 11 and takes their first L <laughs> of the season. Um, Ohio State moves up to number three. But, look, Penn State had a great game offensively, nearly 500 yards. We talked about McSorley, uh, 175 rushing yards. That's unacceptable if you're the Buckeyes' defense. Um, you definitely miss Denzel Ward back there in that secondary at times. Yeah. Uh, you know, against these higher caliber teams. To be fair, oh, I mean, Ohio State should have lost to who was it, TCU or whoever it was they were losing to? Uh, no, they they had. They sh- okay, they shouldn't have lost, but it, it was closer than it should have been. Yeah. Uh, I won't go that far. I mean, they had that game the entire we, time. We we also do have a, a silver and red up in 
the studio Scarlet. Here. Scarlet. <laughs> and they, they had the TCU game. They just didn't have the cover yeah. for my sake, of course. But this game... Now, wasn't Penn oof. State up late? Oh, they had 20, they yeah, two scores. I was at the David Wright game during this, so I caught the Big Ten, like, 60-minute replay. Yeah. doesn't tell you everything, but... Oh, I mean, of course. P- Penn State had them. Yeah. Had them. Two scores they in the last they came back. And to have all that offensive yards... It's unfortunate. ...and 26 points, that's not good. And while we have a minute, we're, we're going to stop our college football talk and get to our question here on the Facebook Live. Oh, cool. Over to NFL here. Are the Seattle Seahawks a rebuild team now or a playoff team? Um, I'm going to give my thoughts on this, and then I'm going to let Mike and Kyle analyze it as well. Thank you, Kevin, very much for your question. Uh, we appreciate you. Um, so my analysis on this you have the Los Angeles Rams in the NFC West. Yeah, the 49ers just lost Garoppolo. If you add Garoppolo into the mix, I don't necessarily think Seattle is a rebuild team, but I don't think that Seattle makes the postseason, either with Garoppolo or without Garoppolo this season. I think the NFC is too stacked. But to answer your question, I feel like they fall somewhere in the middle between a rebuild team and a playoff team. If you want to make me choose between the two, I'll go towards the rebuilding phase because you have Earl Thomas wanting out. You just lost Richard Sherman. Uh, you lost the defensive lineman in the offseason, too. Michael then, Bennett, yes. Yeah, yes. and then, you know, on the offense, yeah, you have you drafted Rashad Penny, which I think is an excellent move for the long run. But you have Doug Baldwin, Tyler Lockett, and who else on that offense? Oh. You have Will Disley at tight end. And also Cam Chancellor retired, and K.J. Wright is nowhere to be right, found. Right, so the defense needs to be rebuilt, and I think that's where it starts there with Pete Carroll. The pieces of the puzzle are not there right now, so I do think Seattle is leaning more towards the rebuilding phase than the playoff team phase, only because the Rams are such a dominant football yeah. team. They're probably Super Bowl favorites right now. Mike and Kyle, what do you think of this matter that Kevin asked? Um, I don't think they're rebuilding because, you know, they haven't done anything, you know, to rebuild. So I think right. they're trying to be a playoff team. It's just not going to work because mm-hmm. they don't have enough talent at the moment. Yeah, so they I would don't. definitely lead more towards playoff team, but it's certainly not working for them at the moment. So that's that's my take on it, I guess. Their moves to me that they have made has uh, shown me that they like refuse to accept the rebuild that's happening. Like drafting yeah. Rashad Penny that high in the first round to me, it didn't make sense personally. No. I thought without a doubt. Protect your investment and draft an offensive line. They're lineman. trying to cover it up. Yeah, they have no without a line. doubt. That's what I'm saying. They absolutely, uh, absolutely should have done that. But didn't they pick up Jr. Sweezy back off the street? Yes, they did. Yes, they did. And listen, I don't. Again, do I think they're a rebuild team? Absolutely. Do I think they're going to accept a rebuild? No. And I think potentially Seattle has a chance to make it into the wild card game. I really do. I mean, the Russell Wilson just has that much. Yeah, game in him to single-handedly carry the team. He I mean, he, he runs the ball, he scrambles. They'll Look, be getting Doug Baldwin back soon. Atlanta's not doing well. Who knows with Carolina? There might be a wild card spot potentially open for Seattle. We'll see. Uh, I, I hope that answers your question, Kevin. Thank you very much. Back to college football. Uh, yeah, so Ohio State moves into the number three spot. Clemson drops from three to four. Clemson had an upset scare this week against yes. Syracuse at home. At Clemson. home. They somehow find a way to win 27-23. Look, this cannot happen. Yes, Etienne Mm. had over 200 rushing yards and three touchdowns, but Clemson also had three turnovers. They played terrible, and, yeah, their quarterback got hurt. Not the turnovers you eat at the Thanksgiving dinner table. Confirmed, not those. Right. But, you know, like (laughs) maybe I'm a little mad at this Clemson game because I had a minus, you know, 24-and-a-half, and and they go ahead and barely win. I mean, what a... 
What a terrible Saturday. Yeah, I mean, oh no, absolutely. I, yeah, it, it was very tough. Um, Do you think they wish they kept Kelly Bryan Kyle, on the roster? Are you okay? Yeah, over, that was a little, there. you know, a little bit, a little bit of unexpectedness, kind of human made a little bit with that joke you just made, Tom. But yeah, listen, Trevor Lawrence got hurt. I mean, that's bottom line. He's the starting quarterback as much as people. I mean, Kelly Bryant up until last week was the starting quarterback two weeks ago. So I mean, it's this guy's first game. He's again, I guess you'd call. What is he? Is he a freshman? I think he's a freshman. Trevor Lawrence, I think he might be a freshman. He very well might be. He has awesome hair. So he, Yes, he has yes. Thor-like hair. No, yeah, but at the time. end of the day, it was, it was his first game. He got hurt on a ridiculous hit. The guy shouldn't be ejected from the game. Thrown in jail, I might add. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> they lost him for, I believe, at least one quarter of the game. I don't think, mm-hmm. not me, not one quarter, but half a quarter. But at the end of the day, obviously, listen, a game too close for comfort. Clemson pulls away with the win. They still stay at the number four slot. And they find a way. They find a way. And Clemson plays Wake Forest this week. So that should be – that actually could be a tough game. Mm-hmm. That should be a very tough game. I mean, they're 20-point favorites, but – Yeah. Listen, in his second game, he got rocked in his first game. It's got to be – Yeah. This game is really on – Wake Forest, Trevor Trevor Lawrence, I mean, no, Notre Dame just recently played Wake Forest, and they were not a walkover team for uh, Notre Dame either. Speaking of Notre Dame, they played Stanford this weekend, and they won. Uh, the final score was 38-17. They jumped to number six in the polls. This was the first really significant win in terms of the college football playoff and the co- committee for yes. Notre Dame. Uh, finding a way, they didn't just beat Stan- Stanford. They blew him out. They beat him up. In the second half, man. Yeah. Ian Book has been a gem. I think he's been great. The four touchdown passes. Ian Book has been nearly perfect since taking over as starting quarterback. I, you know, I really don't care what people say, but right now, you know LSU and Georgia have some tough games coming up. Uh, you know, Clemson dropping a spot. Ohio State doesn't have it easy either with Michigan no, and Michigan State. Notre Dame, yeah, they're on the road against Virginia Tech this week. And that's going to be a very difficult game for them. But after that, the schedule clears up. I mean, all you have really after that is USC. It's, which, not, it's, not, it's not the craziest. No, it's not the craziest no. schedule. It's doable. And so, in terms of last yeah. year, Notre Dame had to go in. They had to play Miami. They had to play Stanford. They had to play USC the last three out of yeah. four weeks. So that was a little rough for them. But right now, they're sitting pretty. I'm going to tell you another team that's sitting pretty. West Virginia. Yes. They're, I think they're 12 or 11. Will Greer could straight up play. Will, that man is. Will Greer is the best quarterback in college football. Ooh, uh, that's yes, Mike. Better, not, better than Dwayne Haskins. Uh, I'm sorry. How about Justin uh, Herbert and, and McSorley? I don't think Justin Herbert. That's just my opinion. I am <laughs> so unbiased here. I will go Dwayne Haskins. Dwayne Haskins can play. Oh, he can play. Dwayne Haskins Jr. So my bad. Yeah, but he he could play. No just doubt about it. He's, he's a some good quarterback. Question on Instagram Live: How far do I think Notre Dame will go? Ooh, that's a that's a great question. That's tough because you're mid-season right now, and Notre Dame is notorious for getting off to excellent starts, and then they mm. falter in the second half of the season. I'm a little worried out of that unfortunate tradition that they tend to fall into, but I do think Notre Dame has a chance to make the college football playoff. I'll, I'll answer it that way for now. I don't know how far they'll go. I don't really know how they stack up against teams like Ohio State and Clemson and Alabama. I don't think they stack up against them at all. 
No. Hmm. But I do think they have a shot to sneak in if things fall into place and these yeah. big SEC, Big 12 teams start to beat each other up. I was going to say, uh, you'll need a little help if uh, Notre Dame takes care of business. I think they get in, but I don't think they win a game if they get in. I think they'll be the worst team in the top four if they get in. But, yeah. look, if they get in, they'll have earned their way in. They need to be 12-0 and 0 to get in. See, that's the problem. Yeah. The committee does not respect Notre Dame because they're an independent football team. Yeah, that, they're going to say, all right, go join a better conference, and then we'll consider you more. Well, what might help them, should. it might help them. I mean, listen, I think the committee, after last season, what they did, I don't think there's any shot that Alabama would ever be taken out. But Alabama has to play Auburn and LSU, and they're at LSU. So that's, listen, LSU is the those team right now. Those are tough games. games. I mean, there's a there's a potential for Notre Dame to get in, Look, but it's it, again you have your future in the hands of. I mean, you got to do what you got to do, and if then you're you have your playing Notre Dame. You just got Stanford to drop to the 14th spot, so basically they're done, if you ask me. Yeah, without um, a doubt. Tough test against Virginia Tech Saturday. They just kind they just came off a 31-14 route against Duke. Duke was ranked number 22, and they beat them on the road last week. And Notre Dame had 550 yards of offense last week, 272 yards on the ground. Dexter Williams is great on the ground. Miles Boykin is great through the air. Uh, I think they have their all, most of their angles covered right now. But if you're looking at, you know, who's had the best performance in terms of quarterbacks, you got to go to Tua. Don't even attempt. Tua Vagliola. Who knows? <laughs> That's Tua crazy. Vagliola. I pronounced it right on the show last year, but it's been a while. It's 97.8 quarterback rating. That's the highest through five games it is a tough name but in college yeah. football history so That's you great. have guys like Kyle Murray up there Sam Bradford so and also to too, uh, he never plays the second half because Alabama's up 50 at half yeah, yeah. for sure yeah it's um, crazy speaking of Oklahoma Kyler Murray the quarterback of Oklahoma was drafted by the Oakland A's he ninth was. overall pick yeah. so that will be a future asset baseball but, football yeah Tua's Tua's proven himself I mean yeah. he's he I mean Jaylen he completely hurts. poor guy Listen, he's another guy. I mean, you saw Kelly Bryant. He's going to be another guy midway through the season because Tua doesn't look like he's slowing up anytime soon. Shout out Anthony Cavaretta joining our Facebook Live video. What is your take on the ALDS Game 1? You think whoever takes it takes the series? I, I, I'd say so. I, I, I would say oh, yeah. so because these teams, to me, are very evenly matched. Um, and, you know, Boston at home getting Game 1. If they win, you know, I feel like the Yankees have to win this game in order to have a shot. I mean, yeah, they went down two nothing to Cleveland last year, but that was Cleveland. And also, I don't, I don't know if they lose this game because they are notorious for hitting David Price, and he's going game two. I think if they don't split in Boston, then then, yeah. then the series is over. Yeah. Yeah. But the Yankees oh, yeah. could potentially, you know, got to split. I mean, yeah. the Yankees at home, like I've said many times, they just they just play on a whole other level, <laughs> and other teams just can't. For sure, yeah. Yeah, they're good at I, home. I, yeah. I could definitely agree with that. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Anthony, for your question. Um, so, look, can the Yankees come back if they go down one nothing? Of course. But it's going to be more of an uphill battle because it's the Red Sox. It's not the Indians like last year. You talk about Cleveland last year. They didn't have a great bullpen last year. Uh, the Red Sox don't have a great bullpen either. The Yankees have a better bullpen, but um, – this is the Boston Red Sox we're talking about, a team that has, you know, a triple crown candidate in J.D. Martinez. Mookie mm-hmm. Betts, the best hitter in baseball. Uh, Chris Sale is an excellent dominant ace. He's probably going to pitch twice in the series. So thank you, Mr. Anthony Cavaretta, who, Kyle, you had the chance to work with him last year a little bit. 
Yes, I did. Some fun times. Some fun times on Football Saturdays. Some fun times. Here at WCWP. Um, As a reminder, another Football Saturday for them tomorrow. You can tune into the broadcast against Shippensburg on 88.1 FM and WCWP.org. I'm pretty sure the game starts at 1 p.m. So you want to stay tuned for that as Mike played the promo earlier. I did. Uh, Big games this week for college football. Number 19, Texas at number 7, Oklahoma. Potential upset there. And number five LSU travels to number twenty-two University of Florida. Uh, I got Gators in an upset over LSU. I was just going to say, take the Gators with the points. Take the Gators with the points and the W. Write it, Dub. Get some money City, line action. Florida Gators, Kyle Russo. Thoughts. I'm just. Gonna, I'm going to call. <laughs> I'm going to call LSU. I'm going to go with LSU. Ooh, they they proven a lot. They proven Safe a lot. Go Joe. Go Joe. It'll be interesting to see. Yeah. yeah. Um, you want to get some NFL? Let's do it. Why not, right? Why not? Um, let's review some of the games from week four. Excuse me. Kind of. I wrote week five on the script, but let's review some week four games. Uh, the big knocker was the Rams putting up 38 points against the Minnesota Vikings, who were supposed to have this good defense. But what is going on in Minnesota? Because their offense is, excuse me, clearly performing. Adam Thielen has the second most receiving yards in the NFL, you have an excellent number two in Stephon Diggs, who might not, who still might be the number one, but Thielen is getting more reps from Kirk Cousins right now, who's come over. He's fit in to this Minnesota offense perfectly. The health of Dalvin Cook is obviously a concern. He's missed a couple of games, I think. I think he's going to miss this week, too. Which is big. And then you have a big tight end in there in Kyle Rudolph. Um, and then you have an offensive line. You know, Brett Jones actually started the season at center for them with Pat Effeline out. So, you know, th- these are things that Minnesota needs to fix on the defensive side because their offense is living up to their potential right now. And it's not like this is a no-name defense. You look at the names they have in their defense. Linval Joseph, Everson Griffin, Anthony Barr, Harrison Smith, Andrew Sandejo, Xavier Rhodes. Those are some big names. Well, that, that was something that me and Mike were talking yeah. about last week, you know. We were talking about the defense in total. I mean, we know the what Everson Griffin brings to the table, but is he really the only reason for the lack of kind of defensive pass rush? No. I mean, because when you look at this team, I mean, they're literally, it's like you could call it a fantasy defense. I mean, you got yeah. a top 10 corner, I believe, and well, right. obviously, and Xavier Rhodes. Yeah. The safeties, Andrew Sandejo Kyle. and Harrison Smith, are phenomenal. Linval Joseph is a run stuffer. Right. He's great. Yeah, then no, you got really Anthony Barr, who's a phenomenal linebacker. And then even a guy that nobody's even talking about, first-round pick Mike Hughes, cornerback at a UCF. He's, I mean, again, first-round pick. So you don't, you don't really, and especially with a guy like Mike Zimmer, who's a defensive-minded guy, you really don't know what the cause is. I mean, I don't think the scary part is the Rams because Sean McVay's on a whole other level. But what's scary he is, is the and he's young too. What's scary is the Bills' loss, twenty-seven to six, I believe. That that's what that yeah that scared yeah, me a little bit for Minnesota and at home too. That that was really rough for them. They're not the same team that they were last year. No. Uh, but they have time to turn it around. But the NFC North is a lot more competitive now. My question is, how in the world do you give up 465 passing yards to Jared Goff and five touchdown passes? I mean, your pass defense, I mean, does Everson Griffin mean that much to your Is he yes. that valuable of a player that if you don't have him, you're going to go from this level down? It's kind of like you're comparing the other – 
roles reversed, how Eric Flowers brings the Giants' offense down, Everson Griffin brings the Vikings' defense up, like, that much better. I mean, the Rams had three 100-yard receivers. I mean, Cooper Cup, 162 yards and two touchdowns. That can't happen. And Todd Gurley had a total of over 100 yards. Yeah, Todd Gurley, 83 on the ground, 73 in the air. Tough stuff. But, you know, you look at some other games. The Bengals over the Falcons, that was interesting. Um, I have a that's fun. A I have a fun fact about Atlanta that's not so fun. Um, oh. The fun fact is Calvin Ridley, the rookie out of Bama, has six touchdowns out of Georgia, right? Excuse me. No, out of, out, out of Bama. I was right yes. the first time. He plays his brother in Georgia goes now. To Bama. Yeah. His brother goes to Georgia. Um, six touchdowns in four games, but since 1940, 1940, this was a while ago. Pretty sure I was um, not born. 78 years ago to date. Um, Teams scoring 36-plus points. I repeat, teams that have scored 36-plus points in a game at home with no turnovers, 36-plus points in a game at home with no turnovers, are 402 and 4. 402 wins, 4 losses. The Atlanta Falcons, twice this season, have lost while scoring 36-plus points at home with zero turnovers. That's unbelievable. They have two of those four losses since 1940. 50% of the losses. Not good. <laughs> not good. That's not what you're looking at for. All. <laughs> um, so the Falcons lose again. They're now 1-3. Uh, that is not good. That is very no, bad. No, it, it is very bad. Because they've been in a lot of close games. Matt Ryan has been performing at an MVP level. Yeah. I mean, he's been he's really been questioning haters, doubting haters on his contract extension. NFC is a tough place to play nowadays, guys. You know, you, you look at teams and you look at Matthew Stafford, a guy who has a cannon of an arm and excellent offense, but they lose to Dallas 26-24. I don't know how Dallas is doing it right now because, honestly, they they manage games. They're playing old-fashioned football, and right now it's working for them. Like, Dallas is 2-2. Two and two. Ezekiel Elliott has 29 touches, over nearly 250 yards from the line of scrimmage. There you go. Yeah. That's the reason why. They keep good offensive teams out of possession of the football. They keep them on defense. They wear them down. That's what they do. They give them as limited opportunities as possible. You saw it in week two in the second half against the Giants where their defense couldn't get off the field. Um, another game, Pats beat the Dolphins 38-7. Nothing really to talk about there besides Miami losing their first game of the season back to reality. Uh, Titans beat the Eagles. That was yeah. a fun game. That really that was, was. a fun game. I mean, is it really a game that came down to the wire, uh, a game in which – the Eagles should have won in regulation. Yeah. I mean, they had yeah. the opportunity to. They just couldn't get them down the field, and that's what's going to be expected. I mean, Carson Wentz hasn't played a football game no. in yeah. a long time. He's 1-1 one one since coming back, but he had a good game, 348 yards, two touchdowns, no interceptions. Yeah. Uh, Zach Ertz and Alshon Jeffrey both eclipsed 100 receiving yards, but Marcus Mariota comes back, throws up 344 on two touchdowns, and Corey Davis, man, he's been awesome Taewon Taylor and Deion Lewis out of the um, backfield catching passes, catching passes as well. But Corey Davis, nine catches, 161 yards, and a TD. I mean, he's the real deal right now. He's performing for Tennessee, and their defense is good. Yeah, he's proven himself. I mean, when he was drafted number five, a lot of people called Tennessee crazy, you know, passing on Jamal Adams. But he, he's proven himself with Tennessee, and he's finding a role there. I really do think, yeah, Tennessee, they gave up yards to the Eagles last week, but their defense is very underrated. I, I really do think so. I mean, oh, yeah, listen. They, they had three sacks on Carson Wentz. The acquisition of Malcolm Butler is really 
coming to fruition, meaning yeah. that it's 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 paid off. It really has. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's that that was really one of their big lacks. I mean, defense wise, because they didn't. Yeah. They really have. You look at that defense; they really don't have a lot of people. No, they, uh, a lot of notable people. You have Brian Arakpo. You have. Uh, well, yeah, you got Iraq, Jarrell Casey. You don't, you, it's you're, just, listen, you're, you're you have Jarrell Casey. Kevin uh, Byard, I think his last name is. Kevin Byard. Stud, stud he, safety. Yeah. Yeah, Very no, good. The Malcolm Butler edition was fantastic. Yeah. Also, like, Wesley Woodyard, those guys. You added Kenny Vaccaro, too, but he's hurt right now, but yeah. Yeah. And another game we got to talk about is the Browns and the Raiders. Um, I don't understand how you give up 21 points in one quarter to a winless football team, an 0-3 football team, allow them to come back and beat you in overtime. The second OT game Cleveland has played this season. Baker Mayfield looked okay. He had the two interceptions, you know, did not look One good. of them was, the first one was not his fault. Look, Nick Chubb's numbers were inflated. He had a, a, a big play and scored two T. But look, ba- Baker Mayfield, this loss was not his fault. You're right. I mean, yeah, he had two picks, but so did Derek Carr. And Marshawn Lynch really controlled this game late. Yeah, that was the he big was difference. Good. The Raiders' offensive line was better than the Browns' offensive line. Uh, Derek Carr threw for over 400 yards. Lynch ran for 130. Amari Cooper, Jared Cook had great games. Jordy Nelson continues to su- to surprise people with a resurgence in his career with the Raiders. People thought he was done after the injury. Former Giants, uh, Dominique Rogers, Cromartie, and Jonathan Hankins on that Raiders defense. Kyle? Yeah. We could, we could use a solid J- corner right now. Jonathan Hankins, Hank the Tank, had two fumble recoveries in that game. And DRC forced one late, which helped them. Now you got veterans like Reggie Nelson on that defense, uh, Garon Conley. I mean, these guys, they've been around. And the Raiders found a way to win a football game their first, yes, first in the win. John Gruden era. Okay. Congratulations. I, you know, when I look at Cleveland, they just <laughs> they find a they find ways to lose games rather than win. Bad them. teams. I mean, they should lose. They They're should be four and zero. They still should be four and zero. They're still a bad team. Doesn't matter how many points they find ways to lose games. They that's should why be four and zero. That's, that's on the coaching staff and Hugh Jackson. I, I mean, two games were caused due to bad kicking, and this game was caused. Well, I've, they stink. They had an egregious penalty they against them. Yeah, they no, beat the Jets. That was true. Egregious. I forgot about that. Carlos Hyde got a first down, yeah. and for some reason, they said he didn't get there. But it, half his body was yeah, over the it line. Was egregious. Bad teams find ways to lose games, and the Browns did True. it again. They've only won one out of their four games. Yeah, they've only lost two out of four, but they're yeah. still one, two, and one when they should be three and zero, three and one, whatever. Four and zero, two and two. The Jets, you the Jets you think that Kyle Russo? You... Um, <laughs> moving forward, the Chargers beat the 49ers 29-27. First official game with C.J. Bethard back at quarterback. Um, Bethard, um, nothing much to talk about there. Chargers are a decent team that may come out of the West. Uh, Phillip Rivers, another solid game. Um, I was impressed with the uh, Niners stuck in there all game. Yeah, yeah. I thought they were going to win it. Chargers point. are just two and <laughs> yeah. two. You know, people forget that um, the 49ers, um, Yeah, they lost Jimmy Garoppolo, but. Um, they held the Chargers to just 12 second-half points. That's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, um, another thing, too, they they got uh, Richard Sherman was not there on defense. And then when you want to talk about defense, too, Chargers, I mean, Joey Bosa. Yeah. He's not there. Nah, that, that's that's huge. That's you want to talk about huge? That really is big. I mean, Bethard almost threw for 300 yards. 
So, you know, yeah. he hangs in there a little bit. Yeah, yeah, he's not the worst backup quarterback to get in there. So No. And look, Melvin Gordon is really beginning to become a dual threat. If he's oh, not, yeah. I mean, he catches he's, the ball like lightning, stud. man. He's so tough he's a stud. to guard. Um, Another guy developing, too. I mean, your guy, Tom, George Kittle. I mean, he... Yeah, he's great. He's fast too. He ran out that entire defense. I gotta find out his uh, his stat line for that game. Yeah, he definitely had an excellent game. Six receptions, 125 yards, one touchdown, 82 yards. They couldn't catch him. Honestly, like I'd rather start him weekly over Evan Ingram. Uh yeah. Oh, throw a fancy. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, we'll get to that in a couple minutes when we talk about the Giants. But yeah. Oh, absolutely. Are they, are, they, are they doing good? Crickets. We'll get there. <laughs> um, Ravens beat the Steelers. This is not a surprise because the Steelers are in turmoil right now, and I will yes. repeat it again. They won't win the AFC North this year. I will agree. Yeah, that's no, they that's will no not. shocker. It's a toss-up between the Bengals and the Ravens, two teams that are 3-1. And... One. And, <laughs> and the, the better teams, honestly, at this point. <laughs> Kyle Russo just walked towards the wall as Dose, Boston you saw, just got an infield right? hit. Yeah, whoever. He, no, no. Who did that? I want to. He picks up the ball. Is that Torres? He picks up the ball. No, that's not Torres. That's, that's Boyd. Boyd. Yeah. And he doesn't even throw the. He doesn't even look. There's no uh, covering as a first base. This is review no and covering. preview, folks. Look, no, not even turn around. Nothing. Oh yeah, that's tough. All right, so the Ravens beat the Steelers, and my computer is having a little trouble. Uh, loading here, but the the Ravens just flat out played a better game. And J.A. Happ is done. And, you know, right now, thinking about it, um, the Pittsburgh Steelers do not look good um, at all. I believe they're also 1-2-1. and one, Yeah, they should they yes. should have no wins. I mean, really. I mean, yeah, you look back to that right. Tampa game, I mean, Tampa made a couple uh, costly yeah. Yeah, and they almost blew the Yeah, They, they, did, they did everything they could to try to help Tampa win that Justin game. Justin Tucker was the MVP of this game. As he, he was the only is. player who scored in the second half. He had four field goals. So. Stud. Yeah. 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 He really knows how to play. Uh, <laughs> he knows how to play football. Yeah. yeah. I was impressed with John Brown and Willie Sneed. They had nice games. Even Max Williams. Uh, he's really come on. He's kind of taken the lead as uh, the number one tight end. James Conner did not get the ball enough. They did not rely on the run game. Without Le'Veon Bell, you know, this Steelers team is much different, and you see it. It's showing results. But – you know, a couple of guys that I like for Pittsburgh, Vance McDonald at tight end and Juju Smith-Schuster. You know, Vance McDonald is definitely an upgrade from what they had with Heath Miller yeah. for years. Um, he was a great player for Pittsburgh, but uh, Vance McDonald is more of an athlete. And then Juju Smith-Schuster is an excellent number two wide receiver, a big upgrade over Martavis Bryant. Huge. Yep. He's a game changer. Yeah, and with the other is. game changer they have on the other side of the field, wide receiver-wise. I mean, it's, yeah, it's it, good. It hasn't, yeah. And Le'Veon, who will be coming back yeah, week seven. He will. Well, so after week seven. Cause that is, yeah, he's going to come back after the bye. So, yeah, that's definitely something to look out for. Um, Chiefs beat the Broncos. Chiefs, the only undefeated team left in the AFC. They beat them 27-23. Broncos fall to 2-2. Two and two. Uh, Case Keenum has been decent for them. Uh, but the real story here is Kansas City. Pat Mahomes has played like an MVP so far these first four weeks. Uh Pat Mahomes has more completions with his left arm than he does interceptions. That, that is a fun, fun that fact. That's a fun fact. That is a fun Another fun fact. fact, the Chiefs are 8 and 2 against the AFC West since 2015. Wow. So yes. right now it's really Pat Mahomes versus Everybody. Jared Goff for the MVP race right now because those two 
kids are phenomenal. They're the two future elite quarterbacks of this league right now, if you think about it. Yeah. Uh, people 14. were calling bust on Jared Goff after his rookie seat, but, like, now, you know, people think about it now. He's been great. Led the Rams to a playoff appearance last year. And Pat Mahomes. Oh, my 14 God. touchdowns, zero interceptions, quarterback rating of 126.5. Can you explain that? Um, He had a great mentor. He had a great mentor. Texas Tech, man. Alex Smith, yeah, you know. He's a great mentor. He was a good guy to sit under, and he was a guy in college. And he they was... run the football. They actually run they the do. football. Kareem Hunt, over yeah. 120 yards on the ground. He's been great. And, you know, you look at it right now, Pat Mahomes overall had uh, just two touchdowns in this game. He had one rushing and one passing, but that's uh, that's all Kansas City needed. You know, you got Tyreek Hill. You got Travis, Travis Kelsey, Kelsey, Demetrius Harris, DeAnthony Thomas, Sammy Watkins. Sammy Watkins, I don't even know if he played. He got hurt mid-game. Yeah. They threw the ball to him once. Um, and last night, Thursday night football, New England is back. Oh, yeah. And so is Julian Edelman. Yeah, um, unfortunately. I actually caught a couple minutes of the game at the Colony Grill up in Connecticut. Uh, really good pizza up there. Sounds fancy. I'll yeah. make the trip out. Um, Some little look, red. Um Edelman, 7 catches, 57 yards in his return from suspension. James White, 10 catches, 77 yards, 1 touchdown. Uh, Sony Michelle Emergence. nearly had 100 yards on the ground. You know, as Mike uh, Dawes used to say, New, New, New England is loaded in their backfield. <laughs> they they have like a million running backs, quote-unquote. <laughs> Sony Michelle, man, he is great. Um, Brady, Josh Gordon. Yeah. Josh Gordon. Gordon now, Edelman, Gronk. It's a stacked lineup. When New yeah. England performs a lot better when Edelman is in the lineup, they win a lot more games. Chris Hogan performs better because there's a lot more pressure on Chris Hogan without Edelman, um, and especially not having Danny Amendola and Brandon Cooks anymore. So, you know, that, that's something. Yeah. You know, adding Gordon and having Edelman back, like it. Um, okay, so, yeah, they beat the Colts 38-24. This was a game, uh, the Colts were getting blown out early. They found a way to make the game respectable late. Uh, they came in within one possession, but then New England pulled ahead again. Brady, three touchdowns. He did have two picks, but so did Luck. So, you know, he, the Colts are just not there this year because Luck is just grateful to be back on the field Yeah. right now. I mean, Luck, 365 passing yards is great, but you threw, you threw the ball 59, 59 times. times. You can't establish a running game that way. That tells you, you were trailing most of the game, which yeah. you know they obviously were, <laughs> and th- th- it's they don't have a running game like you said. I mean, they're starting running backs Nigel Hines. I don't even want to talk about who led the Colts in receiving. Probably Eric night. Ebron. Probably. Yeah, no, I, I, no, hundred percent. I'm a bad guy. Thirty-one points on fantasy. Two touchdowns, one hundred five receiving yards a night. Thank you, Kyle. I just wanted to bring that up. It kind of makes me feel better about the situation you right now. Kind of beat Mike to the punch there. I am yeah. very disappointed. Mike is bummed out. And what I'm watching. That I'm was not fun. I'm bummed out. I had a good time watching that. I'm not having a good time right now. So New England improves to three and two on the year. Um, that's pretty much all we have to review. We're going to take our final break of the evening. When we come back, we'll preview some of the big games this week and close out with some Giants Jets talk. You're listening to Review and Preview here on WCWPSports.org. Welcome back to Review and Preview, folks. I'm your host, Tom Scavetta. Join alongside Kyle Russo, Mike Dawes. Let's get to some preview of NFL games quick. We have the Titans and the Bills this week. Um, Josh Allen making 
his now fourth start as an NFL quarterback. So far, he's one and two. Uh, this should be an easy win for Tennessee at Buffalo. They should improve to four and one. Uh, Miami at the Bengals, two three and one teams. Bengals are home, better team. They do actually have just the 29th ranked defense in the league right now, but I think that'll change after this week. Uh, Bengals definitely favored there. Ravens at the Browns. Now, that should be interesting. I don't think Baltimore is going to lose to Cleveland. I think Baltimore is going to find a way to win this game. They're the better team right now. They have a lot of young guns, a lot of weapons. I agree. I will say, I do believe they will win Baltimore, but I did take a Browns plus nine and a teaser. Don't know if you guys know what that means. I don't. Well, but but thank you. Yeah, (laughs) it, it needed to be said. Explain this teaser. Well, you know, you have to select multiple teams, and you get you know an extra six points on the sp- uh, spread. So instead of three, it's nine. Okay. So I do like the Browns to cover that. I would hope so. Um, Packers at the Lions. Um, look, Detroit is one in three, and they're not one in three because they're bad. Their opponents have just been really tough. That's my personal way to look at it. But Rodgers in his career is thirteen and three against Detroit, including that Monday night miracle where he threw the Hail Mary that I think Jeff Janis may have caught in the end zone for a touchdown. That was or Thanksgiving. Ran, ran, Randall Cobb. That was Thanksgiving. Was it actually Thanksgiving? That was Thanksgiving. Wow. I don't, Thanksgiving. I don't remember. Yeah, I think it was Thanksgiving two years ago. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I got to go with Green Bay in this game. Even on the road, they're 2-1-1. One, one. I don't think Detroit's going to find a way. They don't stack up well against Rodgers. Well, this is the thing with Green Bay, Tom. I mean, Geronimo Allison, Devontae Adams, and Randall Cobb are all going to be out yeah. this week's game. So yeah. it's just, I mean, who does Rodgers throw the ball to? Mm-hmm. I mean, you got Jimmy Graham You're there, right. but. Yeah. You're right. I mean, this will, de- I mean, if he pulls this out, Allison? it just solidifies his greatness, but. Is Allison actually out? Yeah, I think he's out. Oh, really? I don't know yeah. if it's confirmed yet, but. Um... He has not oh, been practicing <laughs> throughout the week. As, yeah. Um,. He, he is, is still in concussion bubble. protocol. He's on the concussion, so he's as not going to play. Yesterday. It's Friday night. He's as still in protocol. Yeah. He's not playing. He's not playing. Yeah, who does Rodgers have to throw to besides Jimmy Graham? I mean, Ty Montgomery? I was just saying Ty Montgomery. Jamal Adams, maybe. Use him out of the backfield. Jamal Williams, you mean? Um, also um, Aaron Jones in the backfield. Yes. I didn't know we were talking about the Jets, Kyle. Oh, uh, we, are, we are not. Um, the last meeting, though, the Lions won 35-11. to 11. That was uh, last year. Was uh, that Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, pretty sure. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um... All right, next game, the number one defense in the NFL against the number one offense in the NFL in terms of scoring, the Chiefs and the Jaguars in Arrowhead, Kansas City, game of the week, stacked up on the line, 1 o'clock start time. I'm looking forward to it. Let's go. This better be on local television. Blake Bortles just threw for nearly 400 yards on the Jets last week. He won't throw nearly as many this week, but let me tell you something. It's going to be a good game. Should be. <laughs> the classic offense versus defense. I love it. Jalen yeah. Ramsey no. running his mouth all week. <laughs> I cannot wait for Tyreek Hill to just beat Jalen Ramsey on the line. And I mean, just, all he's got to yeah. do is run past yeah. him. Yeah. I mean, it's just Agreed. a statistical fact that he's faster than him. Yeah. Um, Falcons at the Steelers. That should be interesting. Neither team is performing well. Pittsburgh is home. This is a chance for them to kind of get their season back on track. Um, but Atlanta with Matty Ice and Matt Ryan. There's too much turmoil for me in Pittsburgh right now. I, I don't know how to pick that game. Uh, the Raiders at the Chargers. That should be fun to watch. A rematch of last year's NFC Championship game. 
between the Vikings and the Eagles in Philly. Um, guys, neither of these teams are what they were last year through at least four games. If I had to put my money on it right now, neither of these teams get back to the NFC Championship game Ooh. this year. I would take those odds because I mean, wouldn't. They don't look good. I wouldn't say Minnesota. I'd say, yeah, because the emergence of Chicago being three and one. I mean, single-handedly because of Khalil Mack. But Philadelphia, I mean, Mitch Trubisky did throw six touchdowns last week. Yeah, but Khalil Mack, man, Khalil Mack is just a god. Man, I would have traded up anything for that guy. But Philadelphia, Philadelphia will definitely. Would you really? This, 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 yeah, I would. I really would. I mean, now I have to look. This guy has a forced fumble in every single game. He has two picks. What is it? It's got to be like seven sacks. Tell me you'd give up Olivier Vernon and Landon Collins for Khalil Mack. Yeah, I think it would. No, I so do that. I think it would. I think it okay. would. Okay. I really do. I, I respect it. I really do. I, I mean, going to say, would... like, Beckham or something. I'd be like, oh, Yeah, I thought you were going to say that. something like that. I'm like, yeah, God, that like, can't no. do that. But... Yeah. Um, okay. So, yeah, this should be an interesting game between the Vikings and the Eagles. Um, the Eagles are home. I see the Eagles winning this game. Um, Minnesota's on the road. Per, uh, they don't really perform well on the road. Um, I'm going to give the Eagles the upper hand. You got the Rams at the Seahawks. Um, man, I mean, the Rams are on the road. Seattle, the 12th man and all. Like, if the Rams lose a game, this is probably the one that they lose. But In division two. This is Aaron Donald and Dominic Sue against the Seahawks offensive line here. Come on. This should be an easy, no-brainer type uh, of win. Unless one of them gets themselves thrown out of the game, the Rams should easily beat Seattle. This might be a low-scoring yeah. game, though. No. Um, you don't think I so? Think it might. You no. don't think so? Earl Thomas I, I, going down. Seattle's like, at home. But Earl Thomas well, going down. In in, in uh, the case of low-scoring game, I think it will hit the under because is Seattle going to score enough to make it a high-scoring game? Right. Well, Rams will cover that spread Good for point. you single-handedly. Good, Good point. I mean, they might. listen, they torched the Vikings' defense. Why not Seattle, who's completely... Ruined. The battle of Texas between the Cowboys and the Texans in Houston. I got Houston this week because Houston getting their first win. They're one and three. And I see Houston going two and three. I don't see Dallas performing well at all on the road this season. Um, these are two completely different ball clubs. The only way Dallas can win this game is if they keep Deshaun Watson off the field. Um, and the Texans, I think, are going to come out victorious because. I think they just have better weapons offensively and defensively all around. I agree with that completely. I'm gonna go. Oh, it sickens me. I'm gonna go with Dallas here. What? I'm just. I mean, this, <laughs> what like, earth are you on? I mean, Houston is. I'm on. I'm on planet Earth. Planet Earth. I'm Good getting so many texts right now oh, about this Boston game. But anyway, back to Dallas. Who's winning? I'm sorry. I'm, I'm, picking, a bad guy. I'm picking Dallas. I'm a bad guy. Uh, just the fact that somebody in that the, went over his head. Somebody <laughs> in the NFL. <laughs> Some in the somebody in the NFL finally has a worse def, uh, offensive line than the New York Giants, and that would be the Houston Texans. Deshaun Watson has been the most sacked quarterback this year so far. Marcus Lawrence leads the league in sacks with five and a half, so he should have a field day. I mean, I'll take Houston minus three and a half. I just think yeah. at home they're better. Um, and then the last game we're going to preview the Redskins at the Saints. Uh, I don't see this going well for the Redskins going into the Superdome. I don't see it happening. Uh, the Saints should win, but the Redskins have been impressive. What are they? They have. They, they had a bye last week, so I believe they're 2-1. and one. Yes, they are 2-1. and one. Um, And Alex Smith, Chris Thompson, that combination has been really good. 
Yeah. Um, Ryan Kerrigan on defense has been solid. They have some guys. Uh, Vigil. No, I'm sorry. Vigil and Adrian is Peterson now on Cincinnati. But Adrian, Adrian Peterson can AP. still play. Still play. Well, the Redskins have a good offensive line because they, they took do. a guy in the draft the Giants should have taken a couple years back in Brandon Scherf. Oh, he's so good. Remember that? And plus with Trent what Williams, draft was it? a good line. That was, I think that was the year after Flowers. Shucks. That's when they took, that's when they took Maybe Apple. it, w- yeah. No. That's when they took Apple. That's when they, I don't think he was in that same draft. And if he Brandon was, he Scherf. was. We're going to look it up right now. I don't think he was in that same draft. He was not in that you same draft. You think Scherf and Flowers were in the same draft? I feel like they might have been because they oh, yeah, 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 no, you're right. Scherf and Flowers were in the same draft. Yeah. Also, I, I don't, but he was I don't hate the Redskins. Him, I think. At New Orleans. Was he drafted he ahead was of Flowers? five picks ahead yeah. of Flowers. Yeah. That's what I'm, yeah. Didn't get the opportunity. Well, he, but. Was, he was very uh, prestige, 6'5", 315. He's a two-time Pro Bowler already, so you talk about the difference in production. He has a two-time twice. Pro Bowler compared to a two-time Toilet Bowler. So. Oh, that's a good one. <laughs> yeah, because Eric Flowers is uh, not good. Also, I don't hate the Redskins in New Orleans. I expect a lot of points. I'm taking the over. Against, yeah, you know, Breeze will get back on my, track. <laughs> my bank account says I shouldn't do it, but I will. Speaking of Houston, uh, now that we're through our preview of games, we'll get to our lock and one upset in just a moment. But Houston wide receiver Kute, the most receptions by a receiver in his debut since 1970. Did I pronounce that right? I think it's Chris Kute. Is it Chris Kute? Chris Kute. Yeah. Yeah. So 11 catches. Good for him. I think he, I think Calvin, I think it was Anquan Bolton who held that. Yeah. Record. Good old yeah. Anquan. Just to be clear, guys, the power rankings so far, I'll go through the top seven. I got the Rams, Chiefs, Jaguars at three, Saints at four, Pats at five, Eagles at six, Ravens at seven, followed by Cincinnati at eight. Wow, Cincinnati I'm a little shocked eight. with the Saints at four. Aren't they two and two? Yeah, but the NFC, right, I mean... But then, like, who's they, going They four, are listed as number four. So. Hmm. It is that time of the week. We're going to take down our one lock and our one upset quick uh, for the three of us. So we'll spend the last ten minutes on the Giants and the Jets. Guys? I'll go first. I already have it written down. My lock, I'll go Tennessee over Buffalo. You know, it's not really pretty anything crazy. It's at Buffalo, though, so maybe... Maybe something crazy happens. Okay. And my upset, I have actually a lot I like this week, but I will go with Arizona over San Francisco in San Francisco. Okay. The quarterback, you know, just give me give me that. Kyle Russo. All right. My upset is going to be Atlanta versus Pittsburgh. Atlanta's going to win that game. Okay. All right. And my lock is going to be Kansas City versus Jacksonville. Okay. That's going to be my lock. All right. My upset is Jacksonville over Kansas City. Okay. I think they hand the nice. Chiefs. Someone's losing. First loss. <laughs> um, and then my lock. Um, you know, this this is um, <laughs> this is definitely not easy. I definitely picked the uh, harder one first. You lock, you lock, you lock, you lock. Yeah. Oh. See, my lock. My lock oh, this is, is actually tough. My lock is definitely going to be um, the Rams over the Seahawks on the road. Solid pick. Solid pick. I was considering that. Yep. Let's transition into the Giants. Um, good. So we picked six different games. I love it. Yeah. All right. We're gonna have some losers. Me and Tom. We you picked the you picked Jacksonville upsetting. Yeah. I picked that my lock. We um. Yeah. The New York Football Giants are one and three. They lose to the Saints thirty three eighteen. 
This game started off the Giants get the football. They uh, Actually, no, the Saints get the football. They go three and out. The Giants get it. They run down the field for a touchdown methodically. Sterling Shepard in the end zone. Giants are looking good. They're up 7-0. This is without Evan Ingram. But um, Eli Apple didn't play, I believe, right? Was, did not play. Eli Apple, Apple did not play. Olivia Vernon. Olivia Vernon was still going to be out against the Panthers this Sunday. Yeah. Yes, no Ingram, be. no Apple, no Vernon. That's three quality guys right there that you're missing. No John Jalapio, but John Greco has been great since filling in. And Chad Wheeler has been an upgrade over Eric Flowers. Which, you know, he hasn't, he hasn't been great. Upgrade. He's been serviceable, which Eric yeah. Flowers has not been serviceable. Um, heard. Giants lose this game. Look, Drew Brees didn't throw any touchdowns. How did the Saints win? They dominate with the running game and Alvin Kamara scoring three touchdowns late. The Giants, could, could, they could not score. They just couldn't score in this game. Um, you know, and it's a shame that they couldn't score. Um, as the Giants only scored 18 points. And they still cannot find a way to get to 30 since 2016. Um, and then that's something to definitely think about moving forward, what they're going to do against Carolina this weekend. A much better defense than the Saints on the road. Yes. Um, look, I don't see the Giants winning this game either. Seven-and-a-half-point um, underdogs. I mean, I mean dogs. it's going to be a tough, yeah. Let's, let's <laughs> just let's stop being optimistic. Let's, let's start being realistic. We suck. We suck. We suck. I mean, we are just so. I mean, if we had more time, I'd be going on a ramp. We got 10 minutes, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> we are awful. There is no other word to describe how bad we are as a team in, yeah. in total. And nobody's even pointing this out. But Dave Gettleman, one of the main moves that I questioned him on was why would you bring in Mike Shula, whose offense consisted at Carolina of Cam Newton just running the football? The year they went to the Super Bowl, Greg Olson was hurt. Basically the entire season. And Calvin Benjamin tore his ACL in the training camp. I'm going to be completely honest. I think Dave Gettleman is a little biased. No. Well, obviously, listen, you have that Carolina connection. That's the definite reason why well, you hired him. He's not doing it to help the Giants, though. He's doing it to fill in the void. Because he thinks Pat Schirmer can run this offense himself. He cannot. Oh, my God. If we had more time. Maybe Shula can call plays. Because, like, at this point, Schirmer is doing too much right now. And it's, it's just not working. I'm... I'm They're con- not running the ball enough. I'm convinced. Barkley had 10 carries. What are you drafting number two overall for? Tom, I'm convinced that Pat Shermer or Mike him in like, I'm, an, like an ice cream cone? I'm convinced. <laughs> I'm convinced that we are a five-year-old Little League football team. I'm convinced. I mean, our playbook consists of five-yard slants to Odell and Saquon run 10 yards, come back five, and just hopefully don't get killed and get the first down. That's our offense. Odell is calling out the offense right now. And, in, and he should in, be. Indirectly, Eli Manning. And he should be. Whoa. No. He should be. No, you should not be calling out he Eli should Manning. Be. He should e- be. Eli Manning calls the shots on this offense. He needs not to Odell start Beckham taking – he needs to You start. need to respect your two-time I Super Bowl MVP. Him. Tom, but Father Time is undefeated. I respect him. If you're Odell Beckham, you need to respect your two-time Super Bowl winning quarterback. Tom, four – touchdowns in four weeks he's thrown one and interception also in four weeks behind now you a putrid offensive now you line start being and they conser- don't run the now ball, you they start being, the ball. now you want to start being conservative at year, at age 37 you know what at 2013 and now Saquon 2013 Barkley. and now Tom, Tom Brady Eli Manning has 85 interceptions now you want to start being conservative what is this 
You have Odo Beckham Jr., you Sterling have Shepard, Saquon Barkley, Evan Ingram, Red Ellison, Cody Lattimore. Wayne is hurt. Wayne Gump. We cannot run an offense. We don't have an offense. You can't do it. He doesn't even look at Odell. You don't have an offensive line in front of you either. Don't even. What are you, Tom? Eli Manning. It's like he went. It's like he goes blind in some of these games. He doesn't even see Saquon open in the end zone. He doesn't even see Odell open. Beating the cornerback 10 yards down the field. Is he an attempt? So you're backing up Odell Beckham on calling out Eli Manning? That's not what you do no, as a team No, show leader. a little respect, but at the end of the day, Eli, start coming out, and you got to take some responsibility. You are almost, not almost, you are a main part in why this team is averaging 18.2 points a game. You are a main, main part, and don't even question me on that because you – you have to deliver. I will. You have to deliver. I will. You have to deliver this ball to your receivers, and you are not doing that at a high level. And I'm sick of seeing this face. Every seeing this face, like, I'm. So, <laughs> Eli Manning. Has He's to more be, of a meme than a quarterback. I cannot. I cannot. I can't. I am He's sick and a tired walking of meme. seeing Eli Manning as a walking meme after every Sunday. Oh yo! Oh yo! Oh yo! Oh. I hate it. I want to see some energy. I want to see some emotion. Get angry. Get pissed. Get hyped. Your team is not going to back do you. He doesn't show any doing. emotion. There's no emotion. Well, that's There's not no emotion. Change. All right. And Odell Beckham had the nerve to, to basically call out the fans that they shouldn't be leaving. How about you go out and perform? That's not his, again, not his fault. If he can't get the ball, it's not his fault. If he's open and nobody's throwing him the ball and connecting, seven that catches, is not his fault. Seven catches, 60 yards, still no touchdowns. Majority of his catches came in garbage time. Tom, what Drew a garbage Reese. player, am I right, Drew, guys? Drew Brees, 217 yards, no passing touchdowns. When's the last time Drew Brees had a game like that? I don't recall. This defense is phenomenal. James Betcher, phenomenal. Without Olivier Vernon and Eli Apple, phenomenal. They They got gassed. Didn't they give 33 points? They got gassed. They're out on the field the entire time. Why? Because the quarterback can't get... That's crazy. They're a great defense. They're pretty good. They're a great defense. Then, Realistically, the New York football giants... Don't realize what they have in Eli Manning as a leader on this team. As a leader. They're wasting him. Right. You can't blame this all on him. And we're going to have this ongoing discussion every week. But majority of this does not fall back on Eli Manning. Of course it doesn't. That'd be crazy to think that. Not all of it. I'd say all. Of course the offensive line, no doubt about it. So, But the- we, they have upgraded every single position on this line. Even the right tackle. Okay, listen. With these weapons... You have Will a Hernandez offensive right line. now is not an upgrade yet from Justin Pugh. At least, at least Will Hernandez could John stay on the Greco field. John Greco is not an upgrade. From at least West John Greco could stay on the field. That's pretty cool. Neither of those guys can. And Nate Solder is ten times better than Patrick Eric Flowers. Omane is barely an upgrade from John Jerry. That is a that is a mean comment, Tom. That is a and and no doubt about it. Chad Wheeler is ten times better than right Bobby now. Hart. Right He's now. ten times better than Bobby Hart. This offensive line is way so, better. I, I than guess last year. you're going an L for this week, right? Oh, major L. Cam Newton's going to have a field Some day. Good sports. You know, we're, we're getting fired up tonight. This is I what am, we need. We I am angry. The Yankees are down 5 0. I'm watching this game. I'm getting mad. I almost it's threw my hat across the room. It's 5 nothing. It's 5 nothing. I missed something. Remember that one show Kyle was talking to the wall? I was I was <laughs> yeah. really he was I was staring at the wall as he was talking. I'm I was like, how I was do you in... support this Mets franchise? I'm like, I don't know. But we got four minutes left. Let's spend it on the Jets. Are we all picking a Giants loss? Um, yes. Big L. Okay. I would consider taking him with the points and a spread because I, I expect a low-scoring game. Um, Big L. 23-17, Carolina. Oh, I love that score. Um, I'll go 24-17. Yeah. Go 
He's so angry. All right, yeah, he's he's way off. Anyway, the Jets, the Jets, lose to the Jaguars, thirty-one to twelve. They trailed sixteen nothing at halftime. Sam Darnold, fifty completed fifty percent of his passes, a buck sixty-seven yards and a TD. But the real storyline here is Blake Bortles. How do you give up nearly four hundred passing yards to Blake Bortles? I'll tell you how. If you're a Jets defense, oh, I'll tell you how. Everybody was wide open. They had one of the worst coverage games I've ever seen them as a Jet fan. I mean, D.D. Westbrook ran the same shallow uh, cross all game. And Todd Bowles, I love him. Yeah. Not known for his adjustments, and he certainly didn't start in this game because they, they just everyone was wide open. Yeah. And it was very. They don't absurd. even they don't even have any receivers. Though. They don't. I know. I mean, to be yeah. wide D. open Westbrook is like as Dante Moncrief each get over 100 receiving yards. It's not yeah. like we were talking about the Rams yeah. last week, in Mike, where you're like, world, the Rams are open all the time. In a I mean, they got, they got good players. In they a got good weapons. world, that happens once every five years. Yeah, and the Moncrief <laughs> play, he just beat his guy. But the D.D. Westbrook, he was just running free in the middle. Yeah. I couldn't understand. How do you not make an adjustment? I really don't understand. But Jeff fans are going crazy screaming at Todd Bowles for punting or whatever. I don't, I don't care about that. Mm-hmm. They were down two scores at their own, like, uh, 30, so whatever about that. It's just the adjustments. He doesn't make them. Yeah, he really He doesn't. needs to start, or he's unfortunately unfortunately going to lose his job unless he does something. Look, you're talking about ways to fix the Giants. Run the football more. Uh, get the ball in the end zone to Odell, who still, doesn't have, who still does not have a touchdown through four weeks. But with the Jets, it's more right now, as you have a young rookie quarterback, your defense is not doing the job that they should be. It's not. And uh, you can't expect Darnold to be this leader in week four of his rookie campaign you can't expect him to be that good yet so this is a team that's still developing and they're suffering from that right now with a one and three record and the jets they play the broncos this week right yes at home somehow they are the favorites i don't understand the jets are playing the broncos at home the two and two broncos who have not looked bad this season they surprised a lot of people with the win over seattle Yes, and in they were one. they yeah. were a good uh, late couple passes away from beating the Chiefs. Yeah, and another thing too to add on to the Jets' defensive woes, their defensive coordinator Casey Rogers dealing yes. with a serious illness. It's not good. Talk about that a little bit, Mike. Um, I'm not sure in detail what happened, but you know it's not good. He does call all the plays and stuff, so you know hopefully he's he's okay. Yeah, hopefully he is okay. We'll see um, what happens with the play calling now. Is this the week? That Sam Darnold gets unleashed. Because I know uh, we keep on talking about the holdback, and, you know, yeah. he's a rookie, but they're not allowing him I, I think to they throw for, like, more than 20 yards on a consistent yeah, basis. You're yeah. at home three straight weeks. I mean, you got next week the Colts defense is nothing to shout it out either. And Denver has no Go corners. Crazy. Exactly. I mean, exa- yeah. All you got to do is avoid Chris Harris. That's it. Yeah. I mean, and, I don't know. it's categorized it, as a serious illness for Rodgers. It's not yeah, classified. It's not, it's not he's good. not really revealing to people exactly what it is. Um. But I'm I'm gonna go ahead and um, I'm gonna pick. Uh, <laughs> I like Lord. I like that answer. I, I, That's a good answer. Mike, who are, who are you gonna pick in this game? Um, you know, I will go. Let the Jet fan go first. <laughs> I, I will pick the Jets, but I mean, twenty four twenty three. This okay. thing is wire shut. Maybe they get a Jason Myers field goal to save them. I don't know. I'm gonna say the. Uh, the Jets' defense is not extra motivated, but extra hype, especially with the the recent diagnosis of mm-hmm. Rodgers. And they're going to get extra hyped, and they're going to want to they're going to want to show what they got in the tank. And you know, Case Keenum, he's just not been that great. There's nothing really to speak of. I mean, he's just yeah. doing okay. He's just a yeah. He's being a serviceable quarterback. Very serviceable, yep. 
So, yeah, I'm going to pick the Jets this week. I'm going to go – that's not going to be score. They're going to be – let me go – let me go 17-10. I got Gross. 2014 Jets. Ooh, okay. They're going to go – they're going to improve to 2-3. and three. Um, nice. And on that note, we'd like to thank you all for tuning into our show tonight, Review and Preview, here on MyWCWP.org and WCWSports.org. Um, quick announcement. Congratulations to both of you. Uh, oh. it's, it's, been, it's been a long time, but we haven't made this official yet. You're now co-host of the show. Oh, wow. Wow. Official. Wow. wow. So Awesome. On that note, on behalf of Kyle Russo, wow, Mike man. Dawes, I'm Tom Scavetta. We'll be back next week with more. You've been listening to Review and Preview here on WCWPSports.org.